season five of Head Cannon. This week on the podcast, we're talking about Soy Married an Ex Murder with a special guest. Hello, Savannah. Hello, how's it going? Going well. How are you doing, Marco? I'm doing well. How are you, James? I'm hanging in there. Nice. <laughs> nice. We're all just hanging in there in this uh, not quite hot vac summer. <laughs> it's hot. I thought it yeah. would be. Some people are vaxxed. <laughs> I got vaxxed and they're like, hey, Delta. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll stay inside again. <laughs> <laughs> like I need an excuse to stay inside. Right? I'm already a homebody. I'll, I'll be happy to just stay inside my house all the time. <laughs> uh, Savannah, our uh, listeners might recall, uh, was on our podcast about Beetlejuice. A truly insane movie. And uh, at the end of that podcast, it came up that uh, we all love Soy Married and Axe Murder. So we're back to talk about that on this week's pod. Mm-hmm. 90s month kind of continues after a short break. And uh, we found out before we recorded that Savannah's Team Jeanette and Cruel Summer. <laughs> and how could you not be? But where do you fall on Mallory? Ah, I absolutely hate her. I'm with you. She talks with her whole face. I can't get over it. And the fact that they had to throw in the clerk's reference. I'm just like, nice. we get it. You're Kevin Smith's daughter. We understand that. But I just think Mallory's just bullshit. And she could have handled the entire situation differently. And I still don't understand why she hated Kate so much at the beginning. And then she's like, I'm going to be your best friend. I just, I don't know. I just I, feel like she did a really big 180 and I don't like it. I can all. only assume ulterior motives there. I don't trust her. Uh, but yeah, I, in, in case people didn't know, we did a whole uh, podcast on the Cruel Summer TV show, a Freeform TV show. There's 10 episodes, so go check it out. I saw people got upset because Olivia Holt started to walk back. How romantic the kiss was in an interview <laughs> oh yeah Ooh, maybe it was a platonic kiss like uh, ben solo and ray who knows <laughs> yeah um i i just want to say my here's my i don't think i made this point on the cross Summer podcast i don't think even kevin smith would have made the clerks reference twice yeah it's the second right? time though it's like come on guys yeah yeah it's like okay what first time okay whatever that's in line with kevin smith too but like twice no 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 no, no. like we get it yeah. And I just, it's just the way she talks. And I love, I think it was you, James, when you were doing the impression of her. My Mallory and impression. So, yeah, it's so spot on. And the whole time I was just laughing my ass off. Cause I'm like, dude, you sound like you do it. You do it well. Good reflection on that. You can attest Savannah. He does the face too. You have to. There's, there's no yeah. way to do the impression without contorting your, your whole, whole face. face. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. Toby, you can do like Toby casual. This is totally uh, casual. Dude. Yeah. I I still listen to your guys' old PLL podcast just for the Caleb and Toby parts, mainly. <laughs> They're just so great. They're so good. Oh my God. I lost my mind. I, I I went to Reddit last night and on the Cruel Summer Reddit, somebody was like, Hey, has has Cruel Summer made you look at the Ari and Ezra relationship any different on that other show? And it's like <laughs> <laughs> Is that Reddit like still active? Yeah. Or are they still yeah, still discourse. Active. Okay. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. I actually, so I don't do like Facebook or Insta or like anything like that, but I do Reddit pretty much every day. And every day it's either a cruel summer or it's an Ezria thing. And I'm like, can we please like move past this? Like, I get cruel summer brought up the topic again about it not being like, it's very uncomfortable. We get it. But like, Ezria got it. Can we move past it? It's been 10 years. Come on, on, on the PLL sub, it's like at least once a week, if not once a day. Someone's and like, I, I, ju- I just own- watched this show. I can't believe this. It's like, yeah, yeah we know. We know. Well, no, so they're the only- probably 13. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, leave the only- alone, please. 
the only way I would disagree with you, Samantha, though, is I'm loving the people who were chiming in who are like, oh my God, I thought this was so romantic five years ago. Now I'm looking at it again and I'm like, this is horrible. And I'm yeah. like, yes, this is a safe space for you. To- it's always life. been horrible, but I'm glad you're finally now accepting the fact that it's very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reddit's kind of a little unbearable nowadays. But. Somebody should do like uh, an article just interviewing all the people who ran like, uh, I don't know, anything Ezria and like their Twitter or Tumblr username. Like, where, where are you now? Where There'd be a stand? lot. There'd be a lot. <laughs> you still ride or die on this or what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking about TV, what are we watching right now? Let's start with you, Savannah. Um. So, as of right now, I'm actually on season four of Dexter. Uh, rewatched. It's been years. I watched it when it came out. Um, like in progression, out of season, you know. Um, but I'm on season four. Almost done with it. I have one episode left and I'm all like actually kind of like jittery still because I just, I just finished an episode. I'm like, I got to know what happens next, even though I know, but you know, um, and plus there's a revival coming out November 7th with, uh, Michael C. Hall and John Lithgow is going to make like a little cameo and stuff. So. Is it bringing back everybody? What's up? Like even, isn't the sister coming back in some form? Yeah. I think, uh, what is it? Jennifer Carpenter. Carpenter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think she'll be back. I don't really know how they're going to integrate it. Like the the trailer Did felt really die? off to me. Spoilers. I don't know. Did she die in the show? Yeah. He, um, so she gets shot, like fatally, woundedly mm-hmm. shot. And he uh, tosses her into the ocean, just like he does with all of his other bodies. Big spoiler. Hope don't, no don't, judge, but don't judge. But I always kind of <laughs> ship those two together. Oh, my. Oh, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, like. I get it because she was so into Lundy, who was such an older guy. But I'm like, she has massive daddy issues. We got that. But once she gets into Dexter issues, I'm just like, I never saw those episodes. I stopped. Like, I, I don't think I saw the finale of season five. I just like was busy, and then it, it's one of those things where like sometimes if, if a show that hasn't really held your interest, you just never get back to it. But um, so all the, the that's Lumen crazy. Stuff, yeah. Well, season oh, I know four, which tabs you two are clicking on on Pornhub. <laughs> uh. Season four, in my opinion, is best season. And I think there's seven or eight seasons. Mm-hmm. So I still have quite a bit to go, but I'm like determined to finish it until uh, the revival comes out. So, nice. but anyways, yeah. So Dexter rewatch. I don't really do a lot of new things. I'm not that cool. If you get like, you guys always like picking up new shows. I'm like, I'm just going to watch what I already know. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, uh, Marco, you brought it up, but the horror movie poster mm-hmm. only have about 30 left nice and since our last talk uh when i said um oh my gosh which one was my favorite one i can't remember do you not remember sorry (laughs) i thought thought you'd podcasted together last year and then one of you pointed out that it was april yeah it was like three months ago yeah um but anyways uh my new favorite one that i've never seen was invasion of the body snatchers which 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 one? one which one Oh, gee. Okay. Okay. Good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I watched well. that one. Um, the seventies one is also very, very good. Is it? I like. It the, I, there's something good. about the fifties one that's like that 50s was the first one, is one I great. saw, and I was like, "That's awesome." The fifties okay. one is great. The seventies one is still. I would highly recommend it. Okay. It's worth it. Well, for I'll the definitely ending. check it out then. Yeah, but um, that's definitely been my favorite that I've never seen before. And now we're pretty much left at like 
all of the Friday the 13th and at Halloween and all the stuff that I've seen a million times. Still excited to watch it, but I'm kind of like keeping those closer to like closer to Halloween, even though I have my Halloween tweet up, you know. <laughs> Halloween is is a franchise that that's some surreal hills and valleys. Oh geez, it has to have um what's her face? Oh, I'm not touching that Rob Zombie shit. I've only like, seen uh, like three of yeah. the Halloweens, I think. I've seen the first one and then like H2O and the one with um Resurrection? Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the, there one when he fights Freddy? Oh, oh, oh was, yeah, there's a Freddy yeah. versus Jason. I don't yeah. know if you... I remember that. Oh, it was Freddy versus Jason. That was yeah, it. yeah. That was bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then they had all these like like rumors. It was be like Freddy versus Jason or Michael or Freddy versus Jason versus Ash from Evil Dead. Um, the one I think it's is it four or five where it ends with Daniel Harris being the killer. No idea. Oh, that one's that one's great. Yeah, it's the one where like they set up that like Michael might finally be dead and like his niece is going to take over. And it, was, it was this great fucked up ending. But anyway, then there's I'll the Paul the Paul Rudd one, which has two different cuts. There's a Paul Rudd one. Oh, there's a Paul Rudd one. Yeah. Okay. I think it's well, six. I have such a boner for Paul Rudd, so yeah. believe me, I will check that out. <laughs> Paul Rudd had this weird ten year like lost film period where he's doing like. Like Gen Z cops over in Asia and all this weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Good to know. All right. Already but anyways, yeah, that's all I am watching as of the moment. Hmm. James? I asked you. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've started on the White Lotus train because I was I had I had a free week and that's been interesting. I I've not finished. Uh Sydney Sweeney. Like uh I don't watch Euphoria, but She's interesting. I, I want to see her career progress. She, uh, I couldn't make a pilot of Euphoria. It just, it yeah. felt like Rainbow Party, the TV show to me. Wow, it's an insult to Rainbow Parties. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's something skeezy about that and about the guy who makes Euphoria. But uh, I don't know. White Lotus is an interesting uh, exploration of class. So. All right. Well, what have I been watching? Not not much, uh, honestly. I, I watched the the What If cartoon that Marvel just put out. It's fine. It's on Disney Plus. So like the Captain Carter thing. Um, I watched half of the new Suicide Suicide Squad movie and just kind of got bored. Um, it's also fine, I guess. Maybe I'll watch the rest of it eventually. I watched that. Uh, 2016 Suicide Squad by David Ayers was one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. So 2021's The Suicide Squad by James Gunn was better than that, at least. It was interesting because both of those movies like really use a lot of like needle drops and music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can see the difference. Like it feels like James Gunn's Suicide Squad, like it's made by somebody who actually likes music and isn't just picking a bunch of like obvious ringers to put on a soundtrack. Like it felt like a little more like the person cared, I guess. That's all my, my I thoughts. I haven't got to uh, um, watch it yet, but I will watch it for the ten minutes that I get to see Pete Davidson. So <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's about. the best Pete Davidson role of all time. Mm-hmm. I will I, say that confidently. <laughs> confidently. I uh, I have a very massive crush on that man. So <laughs> I'm like I just the ten minutes, but the first one was absolutely terrible. And I did see like on Reddit and other spaces that like this one is significantly better. So. It would have Hopefully. to be. I, I'll I'll try to watch it. I'll try to get all the way through it. We'll see. 
Yeah, but but uh, greatest Pete Davidson role of all time. Did you watch any of his other movies? I've seen some. Watch the uh, was it like the King of New Jersey or whatever that King of Staten Island. Of Staten Island. Sure didn't. Yeah. Sure didn't. <laughs> has Bill Burr though too as his dad, or it's, I guess his not, stepdad. But not selling it for me. <laughs> oh God. Well, I personally very much enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right. Well, what are you listening to right now? Is it me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so I'm not a big music fan just in general. Um, I've been listening listening to a lot of uh the LA's There She Goes. Oh yeah. They play it about seven times in this movie, which is fine. Uh, she loves it. Love it so much. No sarcasm. Um, but the only other thing is I took a little road trip yesterday and I listened to a lot of Concrete Blonde. So oh, nice. that was pretty fun for me. That's uh, one of my favorite bands. So yeah, that's about it. I'm not very exciting when it comes to music wise. So, uh, I've been listening to the new Low album. I've uh, been listening to Vanessa Carlton again uh, because I was shocked that Vanessa Carlton is a needle drop at the end of the first episode of the new Gossip Girl. And I was like, what, I what song? This. White House? Uh, no, no. Yeah. Vanessa Carlton's had a whole career that we've not known about. She did a song called Poignantly, I Can't Stay the Same. Hmm. And I was like, what What other wings of this mansion have you built, Vanessa Carlton, since I last visited you? So I've been on a whole Vanessa Carlton odyssey. And then last night, especially, I did a whole 90s thing um, while doing some other stuff with a friend. And uh, oddly enough, the two Concrete Blonde songs that I can name came up. Um, Which ones are those? Uh, Joey and Tomorrow Wendy. Both wonderful, wonderful yeah. songs. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow Wendy's going to die. Yeah, I was like belting it out at like the top of my lungs yesterday. I wasn't driving, so I was just having the time of my life singing that one. <laughs> good song. Kind of sad, but you know. <laughs> I don't know why when he's going to die tomorrow, but yeah. I AIDS. Yeah, it's the nineties. Uh, it was AIDS. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of those things I force myself to never to never look up, especially when we get into like the the Jackie and John F. Kennedy references in the song. Anyway, right? I always thought that was the the Jackie part. I always thought was really kind of weird, but yeah. yeah. James, uh, what am I supposed to do? I got the new Killers album. I listened to it once. I can't say it left any impression on me at all. It was just there. Um, I, I'll need to listen to it again. I think I don't know. It's weird. Like every song starts with this like weird like um, recorded audio of seemingly some small town blue collar person talking about their life or something like that. It's very strange. It's a concept album. Yeah, I, I think the songs are supposed to be related to it, but I wasn't really paying attention. So we've we've inadvertently forced you to listen to one Phoebe Bridgers track then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason you think I don't like Phoebe Bridgers, but yeah. Um, I also mm-hmm. randomly saw that like on YouTube, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival made like new music videos for all their songs. And like there's one with um, Jack Quaid and uh, what's her face from the boys? Um, like, uh, Moriarty? Yeah. Aaron Moriarty. And like some other girl, and it's it's just like this weird modern music video with CCR. It's it's bizarre. So I guess I listen to that too. That's hmm. all I have. Uh, let's see, what are we reading right now, Savannah? Um, so I actually just got a book in the mail yesterday called Living Dead Girl, and I finished it yesterday. Um, it's only fifty, like one hundred and fifty pages. But some of the chapters were three sentences long, so it's pretty easy to go through. Um, but it's not for uh, weak of heart. It's a very really traumatizing kind of fucked up book. Um, 
So careful. You don't <laughs> want to try to read a book like that. Um, but my book to make it a little bit like more okay is I'm rereading it for the fifth time. Jesus. Um, yeah. So I read it four times and then I did it once on audiobook and it took about 47 hours. Um, Jesus. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is about that book, but there's something just like so enthralling about it. And I've read the shining in the stand, you know, I just, I'm a Stephen King. I'd like, I just love him and I love how he writes and how he describes everything. Um, but yeah, I picked up it. Uh, the power went out a couple weeks ago and we had no power for like five hours. So I was like, well, candlelight in a book. And I just picked it up and read like 200 pages. And so now I'm just into it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I'm almost done reading the Dutch house by Ann Patchett. That's my book, James. Uh, so I am on the last book of the main Witcher series, the lady of the lake about halfway through very much enjoying it. I'd forgotten how much just like fun humor was in these books. Um, there's a whole bit where one of the characters spoiler is like traveling through time and space. And like, she ends up essentially in like medieval or like Arthurian, like England or whatever. And, and she has like a, she's in a lake and she has a sword and like, she meets this knight and he's like, I will I accept your sword, you know? And she's like, what? And he's just like, you know, obviously you're the lady in the lake, you're getting a sword. And she's like, you can't have my sword. You know, like, I don't know. Just like the whole way it plays out is really funny. These books are set on earth. They're set in, in many worlds. I, I think the, the world that the most of the story takes place in would, would not be our own because she travels to our world at some point. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So question, the mm-hmm. Witcher, is that the one that you were talking about um, quite a while ago that they made like a TV or like a Netflix show out of? Yeah. Yeah. There's a Netflix and they were, show. And I remember you guys talking about um, Keegan Allen possibly playing the witcher i think i did is a photoshop the, is of this him. the same yeah, place yeah I, that we're okay i just didn't know <laughs> i i got into the witcher because i listened to keegan allen on this other podcast where like he was just going off on how amazing the video games were because the video games were like the thing that made up oh, it's video games yeah okay and so gotcha. i was like well i'll have to check that out so i played the games and i went and read the books and yeah now i'm a witcher <laughs> and now Sweet. i believe that's that was the podcast james where you and i'm paraphrasing but i'm quoting you is uh keegan allen knows his shit you said <laughs> he was he was not fronting he was deep he came in the correct war. Yeah. yeah yeah all right cool you're good buddy Keegs? A big fan mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i'm legit son <laughs> well it is time to talk about so i married an axe murder 1993 film for some reason i thought this was 94 it's 93 had the same thing i had to double check myself by different references because i thought it was 94 just That's random thing good. i just i just saw the english translation of the french title is when harriet axes charlie it thanks works. for stealing my trivia marco <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just, just stepping all over it <laughs> all right well who would like to go first with their opening statement i'll go really quick because mine's not very long um 1993 i was one years old <laughs> which uh might explain why um sorry if this offends you but i really don't like the music in this movie at all um whether it be by the la's or i can't remember spin doctors spin sweet toad the wet sprocket it's, it's all those early ned's, 90s ned's atomic dustbin which yeah. is like 90s band name and i still love 90s music i'm more of an 80s person but i just don't know what it is about this movie just it just rubs me the wrong way but um, 
I watched this when I was pretty small. Um, and I watched a lot with my mom and my sisters. We all like love this movie. Um, it's good. It has a great twist. I love some of like, um, what's it called? Like the fading that they do from scene to scene. Like sometimes it's Charlie and all of a sudden it's just like the transition is, yeah, it's pretty cool that they do that. Um, and my favorite thing is I never really understood until recently what a beatnik was. <laughs> I always just considered uh, beatnik from when Mrs. Peacock says it in Clue. Get off me, you beatnik. And so I always just thought it like I didn't really know what like know the meaning. And I'm like, ah, slam poetry. Got it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, overall, just a really silly, fun movie. I enjoy it. Good awesome. time. All I guess right. I'll jump in. Go for James it. Back cleanup. Uh, so say real quick in the modern context, the glorious runtime of this movie. Oh shit, <laughs> it's so short. Um, I fucking love this movie. Uh, and a lot of that's nostalgia. But I, I this is a movie I watched a ton in the '90s. This movie was evil, like the fruits of the devil. <laughs> evil. Um, I rewatched uh, Goldmember for like the first time. I've only seen it one time before since it came out recently. And it's like, it's interesting to see that like a lot of comedians like Mike Myers, like has the same comedy shtick and, and, and uh, quiver that he's drawing upon. Uh, it's interesting to see him playing these kind of like fussy male protagonists that we especially got in a lot of the nineties. If you're Billy Crystal's, your Paul Reiser's, your Jerry's, your Jonathan Silverman's. Um, I'm fascinated just by watching a, a, essentially the setup of a nineties erotic thriller. That's like holding hands with these extended SNL esque riffs. It's very much a vehicle. It's bits. Um, it's the movie's not afraid of like little like like let side characters do little flights of fancies and vignettes and moments, which I I really enjoyed. Somehow to me it adds up to like a silly and charming little hour and a half. Like don't question a lot of logic too much. It's fascinating that the director you know became like a superstar producer of The West Wing. Um, I'm all in on the subplot of Anthony Lepaglia's like cop who wants the tropes of the of the cop story that like keeps falling in short short for him. Um, but yeah, Spin Doctors, Soul Asylum, The Laws, Toad the Wet Sprocket. I love the soundtrack, even though it's not the best work by any of these authors or, or artists. Um, Nancy Travis is fascinating to me in this. She's like a presence, but also can turn on creepy easily. And uh, also, if Nancy Travis was a sadistic serial Black Widow type, uh, not a deal breaker for me. James? <laughs> all right. All right. Um, yeah, this movie is burned into my brain, even having not seen it and probably at least 20 years it, it just felt so familiar it's in some ways it's hard to return to comedies like this much later because the humor is just sort of unavoidably a little bit dated but i remember thinking this was absolutely hilarious at the time um, i was like shocked when i was doing research to see that it got like middling reviews and it bombed at the box office i was like oh were they oh okay uh watching it now there's this i don't know i feel like there's an ephemeral barrier between like old movies and modern movies and I think this movie might fall a little bit more on the old side. It feels a little bit more old fashioned than say, you know, Goodfellas or Pulp Fiction, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just a, such a fun concept. Um, there's this kind of whole th- thread running through the movie about this kind of like emerging new masculinity of the nineties, which is kind of like a fascinating time capsule, all like the coffee culture, the beat poet revival, the fear of commitment, you know, San Francisco it really captures that era. Um, Mike Myers playing the the dad, Stuart McKenzie, might be the funniest he's ever been to me. I mean, he, he's basically just like kept doing that character as Bat Bastard and then um, Shrek. Anthony LaPaglia showing up on the pod again right after uh, Empire Records there. Uh, might be the secret MVP of the movie. And Nancy Travis, I think she has the right capacity to be sinister 
and keep us guessing. Uh, so yeah, in conclusion, I would I would love to be a poet in the '90s where I live in an amazing pad in San Francisco and I drive a vintage roadster, and seemingly my only like work commitment is to read a poem like once a month. I'm not sure how that works. I'm still questioning, but it seems like a good gig. In statement. Yeah, right off the bat, my question first thing in my notes is what the fuck does this guy do for a living? Did he get like a okay. grant or something? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So that was my first thing is I was watching it a couple months ago and I was like, does he have a job? And you yeah. see his parents face. He doesn't come from family money mm-hmm. and there's no reference of him having a job. He's just doing his slam poetry and meeting up with Harriet. So I'm just kind of confused on, and his apartment looks pretty decent. Yeah. So one time we you. see I'm his apartment. Very yeah. confused. When I rewatched it, I was ready to be like, oh, I totally missed it like the first time. And I, I, I'm wrong. He's he just does a poet poem stuff for fun or something like that. But no, he just he's a poet. Like, that's all he does. Seemingly well, I don't know, maybe he teaches. The, yeah, the movie sets it up like he could have a whole job, but the movie's just never going to talk about or show. But yeah, he's got a fairly nice apartment, a fairly nice mm-hmm. car. I don't think it comes from his dad, the butcher or, or if his mom did anything, but. Their sink is so dirty. Like, there's no way in hell that's family money. But I mean, <laughs> Their like, apartment is so gross. I just kept thinking, like, does he get up one time and he's like, "Woman, whoa, man!" And someone's like, "Oh, MacArthur Genius Grant, right there." Yeah, I, I, that's <laughs> that's. I was thinking from a marriage story. It's got like the Genius Grant or whatever, and he just does one poem a month. It's always the same poem, just with a couple new lines. And you know what he did when he opened up that envelope and said he he won the award? He said, "Hello, <laughs> hello," and then he blew out a candle. Yeah. <laughs> um, only very weird movies are set in San Francisco. Usually, usually like psychological thrillers or weird cop movies. Um, but also, quintessential '90s movie uh, starts with "There She Goes" by the Laws. Like, could there be more of a "Hey, this is the '90s"? Well, and like even just the the shots beginning in San Francisco at night. I was just thinking, watching it, like if this was made now, this would all be like so much clearer like you know like the the way we can shoot night scenes now it's like so much crisper and like here it's really just like that's a lot of dark blackness on the screen and some some lights yeah. you know um, but yeah we, we get the intro to the cafe Rhodes bar just the perfect 90s coffee shop uh, do you remember when coffee culture came about marco oh yeah do you remember that yeah. I, I remember yeah. suddenly like my, my, my sister is like three or four years older than me and like Suddenly it was like, that's what the cool people did is they went to coffee shops and it was like, you just want to go there and like hang out and like drink Italian soda. When I think, uh, or coffee, but I mm-hmm. think if friends came in the right time to like capitalize, like let's put our people, there. I want to say that didn't the first season of the Ellen sitcom have them in like a coffee shop a lot back when it was called friends like these. I mean, probably if it was, you know, aping friends at all, then, then sure. Yeah. But yeah, back when, uh, you know, you really, really didn't want to think about how, how much they wash your uh, soup bowl that they serve you coffee out of. <laughs> Excuse me, I believe I ordered the large cappuccino. Which is this coffee shop. Like, uh, we passed by this woman who surely could have been aping, uh, what's her name from Four Non Blondes? Like, there's there's the big hat woman with the steampunk look. There's the fucking traffic light system to go down the one hallway of this coffee shop that I, I didn't know, so I rewatched it last night. And of course, the giant fucking map on the wall, which great decor. Yeah, it's always Illinois is right behind them. I'm not sure if that's supposed to mean anything or Yeah. 
then Anthony LaPaglia, like I kind of love the little bits where his Australian accent really wants to come out. It's mostly when he's talking to Alan Arkin. and he's like, it's actually about my job. <laughs> this hat he has on here. I mean, it's, it's almost like they have him dress this way just so they can make a huggy bear joke because yeah. we're, we're yeah. all into like seventies nostalgia right at this point in time. Yeah. Which is funny because the, the, the dude who's not carrot top, who's performing is the guy in that episode of Seinfeld who gives Kramer the Technicolor dream coat. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, it will bring me to my favorite moment of the entire movie. Oh, go for it. She smelled like soup. <laughs> she smelled like beef, vegetable, soup. It's a good reason to break <laughs> and up. And literally out of the entire movie. That's my favorite line. I say it all the time. I'm just like, soup. You smell like soup. <laughs> I love the bit when he's like, when Anthony Pike is like, what about Jill? And Mike Ryan is like, she was in the mafia. The Cosa Nostra. <laughs> I would say, I don't think either of us mentioned it, but this is a movie that, like, like much like Gross Point Blank, there's probably four or five expressions on this movie that I have, like, had in my lexicon unnecessarily for 20 years. Totally. <laughs> like, like, whenever we would buy Devil Squares, we would have to contractually say evil. Like the fruits of the devil evil. <laughs> to this day, so, I still don't know where my cat is. <laughs> I'm just, really quick, since you guys are doing the evil thing, I have it in my notes. I'm just wondering, do you think this is where, like, Dr. Evil started? Like, in Mike Myers' head? I'm sure it was a, a a piece in that puzzle, you know? Yeah. I mean, I it don't know. It makes sense, right? I, I imagine you could probably go watch SNL skits and, like, see other pieces forming. Other parts of, of, of it. Yeah. Like, let's talk about Mike Myers for a second. It's like, I loved the two Wayne's world movies back in the nineties. I fucking loved them. Um, unnecessarily. I loved them. Uh, the first awesome powers is a movie that I remember the first time I watched that. It was one of the few movies that I, I, my memories that I laughed nonstop. Were you watching it in the theater at home at home? Yeah, me too. I feel like nobody saw that movie in the theater. They all just like watched it on video. And I was a James Bond fan who like, I was programmed to hate that movie for like making fun of James Bond for some reason, though I could make fun of it all the time. But watching that movie, I remember laughing nonstop. And I remember like the weirdest parts of that movie are what stuck in my head. Like uh, when I was whatever age, she would ritualistically shave my testicles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike Myers, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting reading some of the trivia. It seems like he might be a pain in the ass to work with. That's just like the general vibe I get. Um, this movie's like over budget. He like had them refilm whole scenes in different locations and whatnot. But I don't know. Apparently yeah. he's, he's trying to be more serious in this movie. In, in addition Hello. to like doing serious? all this, yeah, I guess like him, like I don't know, just having like relationship drama and whatnot, as opposed to just purely doing comedy bits, was what, okay. what attracted him to the role. Interesting, huh? Huh? Yeah, no, I like it's all mugging. Yeah, I was like, it's just all mugging. Yeah, no, I just remember. Uh, I don't remember which podcast it was, either Head Cannon or uh, the PLL one, but I remember you guys just like shitting on all the Austin Powers movies. Which go ahead, I don't mind. Um, but I love them just like, you know, I was older and whatnot, but, but I thought it was great. And then diminishing once returns I- though, right? Like first one's the best <laughs> one. To me, it's, it's like all comedy sequels. Like the first one is great. And then this, the next ones are just like, you're just doing the same jokes just, over yeah, again. <laughs> the third one's just absolutely terrible. Yeah. But then I do remember like when I saw this movie and I was like watching Mike Myers when he plays the father. And I was like, now this is like comedy and it's so yeah. much different than him paying like playing that bastard but uh i will say dr evil is like my favorite villain of all time 
<laughs> well, the, 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 I'm supposed to be Lauren Michaels, isn't? Hasn't he said that that's who he? There's there's modeled. definitely a little Lauren bit of Michaels? that. Michaels, yeah, like yeah. From there's SNL? a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. He's got a he takes on a little bit of the Lauren Michaels voice. Yeah, <laughs> oh, good to um, know. But yeah, I was rewatching Goldmember last weekend, and I was like, oh yeah, this this is definitely like played out even by the time it came out. But like, the movie knows that Doctor Evil is more fun than Austin for sure. Yes. Um, they can do more with his character, I think, than they can with Austin. Because all he wants is a shark with freaking laser beams on its head. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is when it, uh, it's Rob Lowe and he's like bouncing the big ball and he's like, are you going to cry? It's like the big earth, like gigantic sized bubble and he just keeps hitting it. In his I just love when that movie <laughs> got... cry about it. <laughs> I, I love that those movies got especially absurd or it's just like, oh, this isn't your book. P- penis uh, or Swedish penis enlargers. <laughs> yeah. It is my bag, baby, by Austin Powers. <laughs> Yeah. So, I'm such a nerd that like I sit there and I quote that there's great deleted scenes on the first Austin Powers DVD that should have been in the movie. Like when the henchmen have a, a TGI Fridays like party for their birthday party for the one henchman who died during the movie and they're all waiting for him to show up. And then there's an absurd joke where number two tries to bribe Austin Powers with a million dollars in a briefcase. And he's like, actually, in the briefcase, there's only like 900,900 something dollars because I had to buy the briefcase. And Austin's like, so I bought the briefcase. And he's like, well, it's a very nice briefcase. Oh, well, I'm not doubting it's a nice briefcase. I just I would like an option in the briefcase. It's a million dollars. Anyways, there's some great deleted scenes in that movie. Um, I've never seen that. That sounds great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the, uh, the Mike Myers character in this movie. It's his top five breakup list. Yeah, we, we learn immediately that he has a fear of commitment. That's kind of the, the character arc he's going to be going on, which I guess, I don't know, the, the way you re- just reading some of the trivia and interviews, it seemed like that was like a thing at the time or something. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, guys, guys have a fear of commitment back in the, Jerry, back in the day here. Jerry and George. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the soup line, though, Savannah, I love, though, when he <laughs> says it to Tony, he says it in yeah. a way like he defies him to question it. <laughs> yeah. Like soup. What it is smells the- like beef vegetable soup. This poem where he's just like naming like, you know, Josie and the Pussycats cartoons. These cartoons make me horny Saturday morning. I want to yeah. be Betty's Barney. <laughs> is this good poetry? Everyone's like into <laughs> no. it. <laughs> Uh, not at all. Not in my personal opinion, no. I think all poetry asks you to, the question, yeah. is this good poetry? <laughs> well, you know, it's I... Not like, it's better than gold falafel. So let's go with that. That's true. true, true. A- after that scene, when I was watching this, I texted my sisters and I was just like, hey, in, is this scene supposed to be like, are we making fun of Mike Myers and the poetry thing? Or should we be taking it seriously? Because I feel like watching it now, you could be like, oh man, they're just, they're taking the piss out of this guy and his stupid job. And like, he's awful. But I don't think the movie really intended that. And I don't think, no, I think the movie thinks he's hip. Yeah. 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 She stole my heart and my cat. Yeah. You gotta believe, man. Yeah. (laughs) By the time that the, the backing band is on the roof of him, I think we're supposed to think that this Mm -hmm. is hip. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we get the great, first transition the cable car swipe what a great swipe um and then uh there's a like a literal meet cute coming up where nancy travis works at the meets of the world mm-hmm. how did she and become a butcher? Say, she is just gorgeous when she like oh, first steps out like it's just like jaw dropping i'm just like covered in hello blood. everyone is just like um okay i i understand why he would instantly be like Attractive. And she has Felicity hair oh, before Felicity had Felicity hair. Yeah. yeah. 
even yeah. covered with the apron covered in guts and everything. I was, you know. So speaking of let hair, me answer a, a question from from James from two weeks ago. <laughs> Nancy Travis is Laura in High Fidelity. Oh, I could see that maybe. I feel like she'd bring it, and she'd of course be a little more age appropriate for John mm-hmm. Cusack, but she would fucking bring it. <laughs> was there an age difference between the actor? I feel and like John? Laura was supposed to read younger, though. Was she? I, I don't know. That actor is. I don't know. She went back. John or John? John. John and I've and never Laura seen High Fidelity. Fidelity. Oh, okay. oh it's the, it's a movie to save the next time you're the love interest in that is like a Danish actress who like I think was like expected to come over and be an American star and then just wasn't or something. And she has this like kind of weird flat accent the whole time. I don't know. It's, it's a very bizarre choice for a romantic lead. It was like the, the Danish had combined, uh, what was it? Young Patricia Arquette with Taylor Leone into <laughs> one human being. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Mike Myers hair in this, it's, it's classic nineties floppy hair. I remember these, it's not quite a bowl cut, but it almost is. So he's a, it's close. Yeah. He's, he's a redheaded boy. Little, I guess. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, he yeah. is Scottish, isn't he? I think his his dad's Scottish. His, his parents is, are. Yeah. He's like Scottish Canadian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scottish Canadian. Scottish Canadian. <laughs> yeah, Scottish Canadian. Interesting. Uh, like two different whiskeys being poured into one glass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's gonna get yeah, some haggis, haggis, which is some sort of Scottish sausage. I think it looks like um, an eagle potato. I wrote it down. Where is it? So haggis is sheep, hearts, liver, lungs, and then they make it into like a pudding and then they roll it with like oats or some type of meal and then they line it in the stomach wow. and then boil it. That's no, thank you. Doesn't that sound heinous. delicious? No, no, oh no, thank my God. You. Yeah, I'm uh, a vegetarian. Believe me, I'm just like, the no, oats thank you. <laughs> might be the worst part of that. Like, it's like they're well, cutting it I think it's grain. just to like help combine it. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't need sheep's liver and heart in the in the words of the the charlie character in this movie i feel like a lot of scottish cuisine is based on a dare (laughs) yeah so savannah as a vegetarian as a vegetarian that all the butcher scenes like what did you think of those was this horrific or was this the root of your vegetarianism you know okay so i've been a vegetarian for about six seven years uh one of my first jobs was actually at a barbecue shop Mm -hmm. so i was like rubbing pork butt and pork shoulders and like doing all the stuff um and then my other side job is i worked with my dad and i actually cleaned out um uh slaughterhouses with um all of the equipment but like i would spray down the blood i'll never forget that smell and then not long after i was like i'm done eating (laughs) but so anyways i everyone else i know like know around me eat meat i don't give a shit i just personally don't everyone has a preference I still think it's hilarious when he's just like massaging it. He's like, what do you need? What do you, you guide need? Me. You guide and they me. like play with the turkey necks. And no, the, the best it's, one is the great. mom, call the nurse. <laughs> yeah, I call the school nurse. I think I hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really doesn't bug me. I'm not, I'm not too phased by it. It's just, I mean, I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, the, the meat pun uh cute here it's interesting because it's like nothing really happens it's like you can tell he's kind of mm-hmm. into her but he's just like all right thanks and he leaves i i feel like well, she's got it turned on a little bit for him too just a little bit my question is silly thing so he, it's 1995 or something like that he gives her a 20 gives her a change and she says is there anything else 
wouldn't you have asked that before you already did the exchange of money? Maybe it was a little bit of a flirtatious question. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It just it just seems kind of like she was maybe pushing it too. Yeah. But, yeah. Are you yeah. sure you don't want my phone number? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So you can I'll call me on, down a, in your on a giant cordless phone. Yeah. <laughs> I love the phone in the end. We'll get there, but. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's going to his parents' house that night uh, with with Tony, who's already there, and it's like the introduction is we see the Scottish Wall of Fame, which of course has got you know Sean Connery and Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers is playing. Are, are the, the Bay brother. City Rollers a Scottish band? They are. Okay, they are. Yeah, I was like, well, they it, must be. It's mystifying why they're called the Bay City Rollers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, then there's the brother William with his massive head of red hair. Keen. Yeah. <laughs> The, the like an orange on a toothpick. He's gonna cry himself to bed tonight on his giant pillow. <laughs> that's that's my that's my favorite line. Such a good line. I think <laughs> Anthony Paglia. I think that's a genuine laugh that he has when yeah. he's just like, mm-hmm. like I think that was something ad lib that he just starts cracking up when he says it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I read that in the trivia to the um. I can't pronounce. You guys already did it, but the mm-hmm. guy who plays Tony Anthony. Paglia. Good job. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm just guessing. I have no idea if that's how he Yeah, pronounced. I'm like, I don't even want to attempt it. I'll just call hey, him Anthony. Just say, hey, Paisan. <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started on Alan Arkin. <laughs> um, but, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Uh, just the, we... the, the the improv comedy there. Oh, of, yeah. Uh, no, Stuart so McKenzie. when he does the giant sleep on the giant pillow, um, his laugh was a genuine laugh because I'm pretty sure that was an improv line. So mm-hmm. he's actually just like, yeah. Which I great. feel like just makes it even funnier. Like it feels so genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great to there's, see Mike Myers like that. There's some nineties. Yeah. There's some nice gay jokes that I'm sure Matt Damon would still be laughing at until a couple months ago. Um, which I don't know, time period, cultural situation, whatever. Um, Do you think that um, the, the heat here? Did they have all the jokes about his head before they cast him? Like, did they go cast a kid with a giant head? Or, like, did they cast a kid and then be like, wow, that kid's got a huge head. Let's make a bunch of jokes about it. No. Good question. Or they're just like, this kid's got a normal head. Let's give him giant, like, uh, Scottish fro. Yeah, give him an afro. Yeah. A a ginger afro and see what we can do from that. I can't think of anything worse than that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. so. Tony's in the living room with Stuart and uh, Charlie's in the, the thing of mom. Um, here's the, I mean, the, the monologue about the pentaveret is almost more modern than modern to me. <laughs> well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim. I hated the Colonel with his wee beady eyes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one is definitely burned in my brain forever. Crave it for nightly smart ass. The queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds and Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. Which it's like it's generally funny, but it's also like a fascinating, weird ego piece for Mike Myers. I don't know. Yeah, this would only get worse, I think, as time went on. But yeah. it, these scenes, though, are like probably my favorite scenes in the movie. All the stuff with Charlie's daddy is just like a force of nature. Who, who, like again, I don't think you need this character to be Scottish per se, but but it's almost like as much as it feels excessive at times, it's not too much. Like the dad's really not in it that much of the movie. Um, and it's, it's just, just super like memorable. Up, yeah. Yeah. He just like sets up certain other like, like sequences you need. The actor who plays head or he'd uh, has only one other one big claim to fame and as I am to be. And that's of course the mighty ducks. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So I think it's good that the dad doesn't have too much in it. Yeah. You know, I think we get the perfect amount just because he has like the hilarious lines. I love when he's like dancing in the very beginning Mm -hmm. and then just the way he dances too. (laughs) Right. It's so good. I love it. It's hilarious. He kind of holds his arms up high as he does it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's doing some, he's doing some Lord of the Dance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, um, I find it interesting that you refer to the Weekly World News as the paper. The paper, <laughs> the paper contains facts. Well, this contains facts you too. Mrs. X. She's got the juice tiger. Also, just <laughs> the Weekly World News is nineties as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Wasn't that, that what that's... like basically what Jane and Daria read all the time? Uh, six sad, sad, sad world. News? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, six sad world. But um... my boyfriend has a shirt of that, and it's super dope. Nice. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Daria reference. was good one. <laughs> The mom is like, I don't know, the the whole kind of in the background running joke that she's like really into Tony. Yeah. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's just like this weird little wrinkle that's happening. That's um, my kind of question with it as well. At the wedding, I feel like Tony's getting uh, the same hangy that uh, Vince Vaughn is getting in wedding planners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's basically sexually assaulted at the wedding yeah. there by the mom. Yeah. But just like he was just like, give me a kiss goodbye. And it's just like, okay, you know, like kiss goodbye. And then she just like keeps grabbing him and, and then she just like shakes it off. She's like, oh yeah. It's just like, okay, like, are you into your husband? Because at your anniversary party you are, but Tony's to there. So point out during the uh the toast at the 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. uh Stuart says, I love you. And she says, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good to know. But yeah, Mrs. X, her whereabouts are unknown. I love how she delivers that last line. Whereabouts, whereabouts are unknown. The, um, the plot of this movie like is so beers. like this movie. There'd be almost nothing to this movie without all the bits that they do. You know, because yeah. it doesn't really mm-hmm. focus a ton on like the mystery of Mrs. X or anything like that. They're just like, you know, ten minutes in the movie, they're just like, hey, look at this. It's Mrs. X. This will be important in another, you know, fifteen or twenty minutes. It's almost yeah. an economy of storytelling. Yeah, it's it's super tight. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the second of two ver- iterations of "There She Goes" by the Laws is playing. I like this. Just like the theme, like the like score wise, they're like we're like twelve minutes in, and we already get the second time that of <laughs> "There She Goes." Apparently, they there was like a whole score for this movie, and like it sounded like the uh, the composer is like maybe a little bit peeved by uh, all the score getting cut out, basically for "There She Goes" over and over again. Yeah. Like he had all these like themes for their meet cute and this next scene of the butcher and it all got cut. Mm. Well, I mean, I think there's one incredible needle drop in this movie. And I feel like once you drop that in, it's like you almost have to go before and after it and put more songs over it. What's we'll that? get to it. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's when they go to Alcatraz, of course. Okay. Um, um one last thing with uh, Stuart McKenzie here. Just when they're leaving, he says, good night, Dad. And he goes, fine, go. You stage your hour. I just love that. Not bad. Uh, Dad, with love you. With the, uh, the body double for Mike Myers in various scenes. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. I was wondering about that, too. Not I bad. that today. Well, I think the Stuart face, that they make, like the, the almost Mrs. Doubtfire-esque makeup face they mm-hmm. slap on there. Like, later in the wedding, it's so good that you could just have somebody who's 
you could have like a small woman who has the same dimensions as Mike Myers, like put on that face and just go pretend to be Stuart in the back. And be like, oh, we got a piper down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Charlie basically rubbernecks as he uh, checks out Nancy Travis, dresses a milkmaid that, that meets the world. Um, Does again, she just own the butcher whips. shop or is she like, I need to close the shop to go churn butter or do whatever she's doing out front? Like, I don't know. <laughs> churn butter. <laughs> I mean, she is, yeah, because she does have the whole milkmaid thing going yeah. on. That seems like something so that, a family like, shop. Or? Yeah, that'd be something you'd hire, like, like some assistant, or you know, it's a kind of like the the shitty job, you know, like, oh, you can wear the the outfit well, out front to attract attention or something. Question for you: Why was one of the husbands not a butcher that she inherited this from? Yeah, um, Fair. but well, but, also a question: How old do you think Harriet is? Good question. Because I'm going to say she's like late 20s, early yeah, 30s. Like 20s. Like 20 you weren't even married 20 yeah. times. Yeah. I'm like, no disdain to anyone, you know, like nothing bad. But at the same time, I'm just saying like, you're really young to be married that many times. Unless it costs a lot of money. Hopefully your butcher shop is doing well. Savannah's like, check out this hag. <laughs> I'm about to be 30. <laughs> but uh, as he's like watching her, like, like. I don't know. Mike Myers, he's like, he's likable, but also creepy at the same time. Totally. Well, I, I just watching it now. Absolutely. Watching it then. I feel like this was supposed to be like, this is like, this is your role model. This is the kind of guy you want to be. This guy's super cool. He drives a cool car, but he's not like super macho. He's like funny, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like at the time this wasn't considered creepy. He's, he's not more neurotic than like a Woody Allen character. Or which, like who's apparently that Crystal was offered the role. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, is fucking bizarre. Yeah. Fucking bizarre. Yeah. Like, like, Woody what, Allen, how, how old would he have been? In his uh, 40s? In, his in 1993. 40s yeah. 50s. He would yeah. have been decently old, right? Yeah, so Mia Farrow would have played uh, Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> So we're just doing Annie Hall all over also, again. I mean, like Woody Allen is like, a, is like a trumpet player or something. I just can't see him being like, woman, you know, uh, um, mm, woman, uh, mm, uh, whoa, man. You know, I guess. Okay, you do that way too well. Yeah. <laughs> You've been oh, practicing that. Once upon a time, it was it was cool, like Woody Allen, before we found out the shit about Woody Allen. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then there's, there's Anthony Paglia, who's. Who's wonderful making his second appearance, or uh, with Alan Arkin making his second appearance this month on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkin is just like, he's dry, he's sarcastic, he's arch in everything he does. Like, I can't take him seriously in a drama. I can't help but laughing, you know, at him in a comedy or, or what have you. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he's wonderful. Yeah, I just, I just love the like, I've never held on to that part of the helicopter. You know, the part where it lands. <laughs> yes, I know that part. I just, the way he says, it's a point well taken, Tony, but you must understand. Although it's not exciting, it's a very important part of our work. <laughs> and uh, I don't report to a commission. <laughs> yeah, truth is, I report to a committee. Some are appointed, elected, or co-opted biannually. It's a quorum, so to speak. A quorum? Yeah. Captain! <laughs> I mean, this, Hey, somebody needs a hug. Yeah. This is almost like we don't have enough movie, so we just have to have this whole running bit about... Tony like wishing he was Serpico and and being disappointed with uh, just being a regular cop. If there had been a Tony sequel, I would have been there so fucking fast. <laughs> well, and I think it comes into like play at the very end when uh yeah when uh Rose mm-hmm. is on the thing with the hammer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he wants to be like the bad guy cop, we can talk about this here mm-hmm. or downtown, and so that's where his like 
uh, Tony-ness comes out is because he's like, I want to be a bad cop. But so, Ellen Arkin is just so great. I just love, he was just like, you're too nice. You're too nice. And he's like, what do you want me to do? And then obviously in a couple scenes later, when he just like throws him up against the wall and he's like, was that, was that too much? <laughs> Did I overdo no, the epic slurs? <laughs> no, it, it, it felt <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. It's Pison, not Pison or Pison, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to kick your spaghetti bending ass back to Milan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this movie also like has a great, like just, I don't know, carousel of like RIP male comedians who died before they could be canceled or, or like, like wear out their welcome. Yeah. Uh, like by God, like the, like the Stephen Wright, the, the Phil Hartman of it all, even like the, you know, problematic Charles Grodin of it all. Um, it's got Richard fish as the, uh, the hotel, like Mater D. Yeah, yeah, Greg German. Mm-hmm. You really think she has a headache? <laughs> Love that one. <laughs> okay, question. Are we all thinking the same thing? I don't know. Ooh, what are we thinking? I like this. I'm okay, I might be completely out of line here, but my first thought is, I really think she has a headache? My first thing is, she, is she on her period? Are uh, we all thinking I that I guess or my no? mind did not go there now. When I that was it, my first thought. When I rewatched it last night, I presume that he thought that it was like a setup to like not have sex. That's what I thought okay. too. Yeah. 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 Period is a good excuse to but not. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, but, I don't know. That was where my, I'm a woman. So that's where my first. To me, it came up more off like a guy being like, she doesn't really have a headache, man. You know, like, like I've seen this before type have of thing. Have fun on your honeymoon. Yeah. It's this skeezy way. He's just like, you really think she has a headache? <laughs> like he doesn't realize. He's, he's like, what? Nothing. <laughs> um yeah so like mike myers goes back in finally you know she's she recognizes him as a haggis guy he offers to help the the old guy like i i was next i was next i mean there's there's little bits here quarter Um, inch thick no more no less newer exchange strip i like how he just he has no excuse at all for being there other than like hey i just wanted to come hit on you while you're busy at work yeah I've been I've been driving past your shop every day for the past week, but yeah. So we get this like montage of what I love, which is uh, lots of people like playing with food while flirting. I just want the risk of salmonella from horny maniacs. That's that's what I want. <laughs> he's like halfway helping, and like the other half of the time, he's just like doing bits with the meat. That's that's the thing. Yeah, is like is he actually helping, or like when they're playing with like the turkey necks and stuff? I'm like, you aren't helping anyone out. And there's like there's a one part where there's like a baby in the background. And they're trying to comfort it, and the shop is just full. And he just instantly is like, hey, I'm gonna start flirting with you. Like, and then we're going to the back, and I'm just gonna cut random meat up and do all these bits. So at the end of the day, I feel like she's like, thanks, Charlie. I made, I made like $1,500 a day. Unfortunately, I have to full, throw out $4,500 <laughs> worth of meat. <laughs> I'm just yeah. wondering, like, who's the guy who's like, he just got off work. He really needs to be somewhere in 30 minutes. He just needs to, like, get a couple steaks. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this guy's, like, doing comedy back there with all the meats. And there's this huge-ass line. And, like, can we, yeah. can we just move it along? Yeah, yeah. And there's no line formed at all. She's the only one there and there's all of these people in there. And and that's what like frustrates me. And then Charlie just is like, I'm just going to stand right here. (laughs) I mean, it seems like she has a fair amount of free time for seemingly running an entire business by herself. By herself. It's not like she's just working at the butcher shop. It's like her business. 
Hey, this was a real movie. It wasn't like like so like blatantly a romantic comedy, like, like heavy emphasis on the comedy. I would have so many fucking questions about Rose. I would have so many fucking questions about Rose. But uh, I anyway, I still have a lot of questions. Yeah, about Rose. I mean, we're we're gonna do them. So, I'm not saying I'm not gonna yeah. do them. We're gonna do them. Rose is his sister, right? Yeah. Okay. Because yes. I I always assumed that, and then when I was watching this, I was like, wait. Is she not the sister? Did I like misinterpret that the whole time? This is actually some like coded evil yeah. lesbian thing that I just missed. I think it maybe oh, still kind of is. There's a there's definitely like a little like Hitchcock esque thing at play here. Who's got the Sharon Stone thing in their trivia? Oh, I've got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at the end of the day, <laughs> she's got after- a, a nice eye roll from Savannah there. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Sorry. That's okay. Um, You've been working with meat all day. You've been working the meat mines all day. Of course, you're going to go out for hot dogs. <laughs> Were they hot dogs or corn dogs? I think they're hot matter? dogs. Probably it seems not. like they, they do. Yeah, because there's a joke later. Well, later about, she says, thanks for the hot dog. Thanks for the hot dog, yeah. Which, which Rose laughs oh, at. Oh, that's what's in the, in the note. Yeah, thanks yeah. for the hot dog. And when like Rose reads it to him, that's right. But yeah. when you see them eating it, it looks like a lot of fun. Well, she yeah. she eats her ratio. hot dog like this. It looks like a hoagie. Yeah, thing. yeah. So that's yeah. probably what it was. Like that I'm making a, like a like a bad dick sucking joke. Like like that's how she eats her <laughs> hot dog. Well, like these guys, uh, their their date consists of like going to the Golden Gate and then the Palace of Fine Arts. They're just like hitting all these like San Francisco landmarks here. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts too is uh, the guys who are talking in Russian. Mm-hmm. And she starts talking back for a good, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds. And he just looks up and goes, do you know Russian? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, obviously she does. She just talked back in Russian. But, uh, <laughs> but right prior to that, like Nancy Travis proving that there can be nuances to the crushes I can have back in the 90s. He's just like, oh, for example, how many people have you brutally murdered? And she just instantly turns on the creep with, uh, well, brutal is a very subjective word. I mean, what's brutal? One person might be totally reasonable to someone else. And she just like takes a bite and walks off. And he's like, okay, hello. And I was like, oh, I'm so much more into her. <laughs> and then he's, of course, he makes a comment like, oh, no, you're smart and beautiful. Oh, I can't handle that. Well, doesn't he say breast size? Most people well, would yeah, say. Yeah, most people would say. A woman. Yeah, most people say sense of humor. But me, it's breast size. Which was yeah. like that was a really <laughs> solid joke back in the early nineties. I, I remember that. I still think mm-hmm. it's still. It made me laugh again today well, when I watched. It, I thought it was good. <laughs> you're 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 like you're treating her as an equal. You're playing at the 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 expected response, and you're like putting like a subtle horny nod to the fact that like you would like to fuck. Well, and we were also yeah. like we were coming out of the eighties where like everything was just like these like platinum blonde like fake porn star like standard of beauty look. And then, like, the early 90s was, like, much more of, like, a return to, like, hey, natural, you know, like, not the girl uh, at the coffee shop next door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't know I was two years old. (laughs) Yeah. I just go go watch, like, an Arnold movie from the 80s. Thank you for making us feel like we're 100. Yeah. No. (laughs) Look who, like, the love interest were. I'm just saying. (laughs) Right, right. She's not not Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Or or Tawny Katane, you know. Um, she takes it back to Terry takes it back to this place, which is fucking incredible. What the fuck does this? This is a cost? five million dollar pad now. Like if, if like yeah. if if you still had this place, it would be just Im- immensely wealthy. God. Okay, so I said that I watched it today, and that's what I said. And Austin was just like, "San Fran wasn't that expensive back in the day," and I was just like, <clears throat> "Excuse me, <laughs> like 
No, that would be like at least like $2,500 a month, at least, even still back in the 90s. Yeah. You guys live in California. I obviously don't, but there's no way. I definitely, I can remember reading articles in the Chronicle, like circa like 2000 about how like the artists were getting pushed out of various places that they would inhabit because prices were going up. So I think in the early 90s, it was probably still somewhat cheap. Yeah. Well, in the story of San Francisco now, is it's one of those cities where they have to build up because mm-hmm. they've run out of like developmental land. Um, but of course, we get we get one of the few bits because uh, let's just say the set decoration of this apartment is Monica's apartment from Friends times one thousand. <laughs> and yeah. I I absolutely love his bit. Just a hey, you know what this place <laughs> needs? It's a really large, oversized poster for Atlantic City. Oh, hey, oh my you God, got- you got one. <laughs> in pre Scott Pilgrim, she offers him some crazy tea selections. Yep, that joke's been working for 30 years, it seems. Good to yeah, know. We've, been sh- we've been showing up to this joke for 30 years, and in no way is that depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, martial arts shit on the walls. She had a friend in martial arts that she flounders for the answer. And then, of course, the great, the great soundbite of, you know, Scotland has its own martial arts. It's called, fuck you! It's mostly headbutting and then kicking people when they're on the ground. <laughs> Uh, and he has the whole speech i've got the dialogue here it's, it's like kind of like they've they've almost had a moment there and then he kind of backs off he's like maybe it is late you know i'll be honest with you i had a really great time tonight and uh, i'd really love to kiss you but then i think that if i kiss you we'll end up kissing on the couch and if we end up kissing on the couch then chances are we'll kiss in the bedroom and if we kiss in the bedroom then you know th- that's the part i always rush into and i just don't think it'd be a good idea to rush into spending the night together and harry's like I want to spend the night together. And he's like, all right, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. How much did that make you think of the, the Chuck Palahniuk quote, James? Uh, which quote? The, her mouth makes me think of her breasts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, not the same at all, no. Um, I like the bit, though, the, the subtle, like the, the watch check. And she's just like, who's it late for? And he's like, oh. Um, not for me. Yeah. I like the boogie. I like the nightlife. Mm-hmm. And then no, no, I have that in my notes too. It's just like I have no problem with that. Just the way he switches so quick, <laughs> love it. She screams Ralph when she's dreaming at night. Okay, quick interlude here. Do you guys remember? I'm sorry if I have to rehash this mm-hmm. old memory, but New Moon when Bella's like thrashing around screaming, <laughs> when she's like just <laughs> like screaming <laughs> as though she's being murdered. Yeah. yeah. This totally gave me those vibes. And I have a one of my sisters, she talks, but she doesn't scream or like that. I feel like that would wake a person up, but it was just the way she was Ralph, Ralph, and just all these other things. I'm like, I I just got mad bellow vibes from it. Yeah, one of my roommates in college would like kind of mumble occasionally asleep. But yeah, that's the mm-hmm. the screaming kind of that, yeah, new moon. Oh my god. I remember watching that movie and just being like, I still listen what to that is going on? all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just feel like it's a little too, a little too much. Like if you're yelling that loud, like for me personally, I would wake myself up if I was actually screaming or my partner would wake me like, be like, yo, are you okay? <laughs> you need some uh, therapy? What uh, the fuck is Ralph? <laughs> what sexual terror nightmare that I just wake you up from? Please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the next morning, oh, yeah. uh, he wakes up. He's just like walking around in his shirt and his tidy whities. He sees there's somebody in the shower, assumes it's her. Goes and opens this the door, a, and it's Amanda Plummer. This is a weird outfit to put on the morning after. Thank you. you. Put on your your underoos. Okay, fine. But, but like then on you, his shirt. I mean, maybe you're just like a little up your a little chilled or something. You know, you just want to throw something on. It felt but he has, like it's a button up shirt. Yeah, in tidy whities. It felt like he was like 
very self-conscious about his stomach. <laughs> Could be. In a way, yeah. Maybe Not it's a drafty pad, you know? <laughs> I guess. But yeah. It's, it was, it's an interesting style choice to just all of a sudden just be like, I'll put on my button-up shirt, keep my tidy whities on, and let's you know. go see who's in the shower. Obviously, I mean, it's great. Harriet, and... It's I don't ever see Mike Myers as a guy who's like morning after I'm just going to get up, stretch, and like free ball on my way through the house. <laughs> Please um, don't. Amanda Plummer but, uh, is great casting. She's just a creepy person. Yeah, 100%. She's, so uh, she does this her role well. Fiction. This is Amanda Plummer's entire filmography, right? Is it? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I'm, I'm not accepting any is other Is she candidates. related to Christopher Plummer? She like, I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up now. Isn't he British? I don't know. Is she British? Listen up, you whatever. I'm gonna kill every last fucking one of you. She, she's Honey Bunny, right? Oh, she's in Joe versus Volcano. That's right. She was. Uh, Who is she in Joe? She Volcano? was uh, one of like the deckhands on the ship or something like that uh, that goes down. Yeah, but she's not a Liberty gibbet. No. Um, but anyway, yeah, her, we her learned laugh that, at the uh, thanks for the hot dog. Yeah, this is uh, Harriet's sister Rose. And she's just immediately weird or he's like, he has a line or it's like, I, I thought this was Harriet's place. He's like, it's our, she's like, it's our place. And it's like, okay. All right. Yeah. That's fine. She's, she's got a Mrs. Danvers and Rebecca quality, but uh, uh, so Savannah, you mentioned you, one of your favorite, like out of nowhere moments. One of mine is just a, uh, what would you say to silver dollar pancakes, fresh squeezed orange juice, bacon, yeah! and Kona coffee? That's that sounds great. <laughs> we cut to the yeah. Here's some fruit loops. I don't have any of that <laughs> I don't have stuff. Any of those things. Yeah. Also, the great. I like Apple Jacks. We got that too. <laughs> There's a great line where she says, Well, you know Harriet. And he says, Well, actually, I don't. She says, But you did have sex with her. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's totally like uh, one of my moments just in general. And, um, when you think about it, when he mentions Ralph and the martial arts pers- like person, she's so devious when you think about it. Like the way she like is just mm. laughing about it because we all know what she did to them. But uh that was before the silver dollar okay. pancakes. Yeah. But let's get yeah, this there's just, two things here. One, yes. he's absolutely interrogating her subtly about Harriet's like previous sexual history. He's a paranoid. I'm a paranoid poison person. He's like ten times worse than me. But also, I rewatching this movie like three times in the last week. There's almost no way Harriet does not suspect Rose. Well, well, uh, let's say that conversation until there's the end. No way. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was gonna her. say because I think she already knows, and that's why she was so scared to marry him because Harriet goes from so loving and caring to instantly hard as fuck right when they yeah. get married. Because we're and like hard is like exterior. This is hard for me to come up and make one changes, but there's one coming up soon that I'm just going to get into as we talk about it. But uh, also, I love her affect of the uh, when she's leaving and she's like, I'm going to tell Harriet nothing happened. And he's <laughs> but nothing like, did, oh, happen. nothing did happen. happen. She's like, no, I won't tell her. Yeah. Uh, Real time follow up. Amanda Plummer is the only daughter of Christopher Plummer who is Canadian. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah. It's basically I don't know who Christopher Plummer is. He is um, Mr. Von Trapp yeah. from The Sound of Music. Oh, He's the yeah. villain from Star Trek Six. That good old Nazi movie. Got it. Yeah. He sings Edelweiss. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He was in The Inside Man or Inside Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's in Knives Out most recently. Yeah. Yeah. Knives Out. Oh, yeah. I actually just watched that the other day. Rewatched it, I guess. He's not as good as Clue. But. Going to die someday. And that's tragic. I think he's dead. Uh, even more tragic. <laughs> 
<laughs> I could be wrong. Like, yeah, he, yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away in February this year. God damn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I wasn't laughing at the death. I was laughing at Marco. Just to specify. Then we get a incredible like. If you didn't know, we're in the nineties, baby. Two princes by Spin Doctors. Fuck yeah! Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah! Yes. Well, this was like super good. This was the era. Like, there's like this, like Toad the Wet Sprocket, the the There She Goes song. There's like this, like not like there's like the Nirvana like wave that was happening, the grunge wave. But then there's like that's this, late nineties. There's no, no Nirvana is early nineties. But this is, but that's, but that is more. I think sucked into the late nineties esque thing. I'm just saying this, this is, is this is not grunge. This is like a separate yeah. early nineties thing that was happening. Yeah, I would call it more pop ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More pop, than grunge pop, by far. Pop, but also the start of us using the term alternative. Mm-hmm. Well, like whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. just remember the. I well, I will. You guys know more than me, so I won't, I just, I won't like, debate you on back that. Back in the back day, nineties, the, the radio started this thing called alternative, and we were like, <laughs> it was basically okay, like I know what that not is, not Metallica. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you didn't listen to the radio station yeah. that forced something called mandatory Metallica, on or you, like no getting yeah. the let out, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. I just remember in the back in the day, the Onion had a great article where it was like Al Gore denies ever owning a Spin Doctors album, which is just classic comedy. <laughs> Um, wasn't it called Pocket Full of Kryptonite? Wasn't that the album title? Uh, it's definitely the name of a song. It might have been the album too. Yeah. Okay. That's a banger. I will just, oh, just, just say, go ahead. Sorry. No, please. I was just gonna say I had a lot of Metallica forced on me. So <laughs> I think everyone did. Yeah, yeah it's pretty. Awful. We all did. This is a safe place to talk. About. I can remember working <laughs> a job where I had no control over the radio, and it was like when Saint Anger came out. And so I got, I heard a lot of that awful music. Yeah. My dad, every Saturday morning, 8 a.m., he was like, let's clean the house and I'm going to blare Metallica. And we had four kids in the house. And he was just like, to blare it as loud as we can so we all get out of bed and clean. And so I think that's where my uh, disdain for Metallica. Yeah. For, me, for me, it was Pink Floyd. That was the, the album was saying, that my dad <gasps> Really? Was, yeah. It's an age difference. Like my dad would get up at 3 a.m. on Saturdays and start blaring. Pink Floyd, Eric Clapton, or like Rolling Stones records, or Van Morrison. Okay, but three a.m. Oh, he fucking or why the weird uh, insomniac who that was that was him being kind to wait to three a.m. start pulling out his vinyl. Three a.m. is like not morning to me. It's still night, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three a.m. is definitely still yeah. nighttime. Yeah, but my dad eventually spun his insomnia as, "Oh, I'm just a morning person." <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, at least Pink Floyd's good. Yeah. Or Some Eric Burden in War. Uh, I remember that song, Spill the Wine, is like burning oh, my yeah. memory from listening to early. Uh, yeah, so Tony and Charlie riding the, the front of the police boat going to Alcatraz. So are they are they late to the tour? Like, why the police boat? Uh, Probably because just just, Tony has access. Yeah, it's just like perks of the job thing, you know? Yeah. The same way he got the um, the flight charted later they're really just like access. standing right on the front of that boat as it speeds across the water too like like their feet are glued to the ground or something yeah yeah it must be <laughs> uh but the 90s is also where we started to like do something that like like people like joss we would do later where we would play with language a little bit more like when he's describing uh harriet to, to, to tony he's like i'm smitten. smitten yeah i'm in deep smit yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then we get the immortal phil harbin r.i.p Hello, John everyone. Johnson. I'm your park ranger, and I'll be leading you on a tour. My All name is John Johnson, but everyone calls me Vicky. Everyone calls me Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> he was wonderful. Yeah, this now is... let's go to the cafeteria. 
<laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, how do we call on the prison system? A bitch. <laughs> the the look and the slow eye roll when Charlie starts to cut when him off. When he interrupts him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One night in a fit of rage, yeah. He turns pissing to the bitch's ocular cavities. This way to the cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. And then we well, get well, like there the, she goes the, for the third time. Well, like that Tony had like heard that story before and he's like he he'd seemingly taken Charlie here just to hear the story. And he goes like, no, 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 just shut up, let him go. Yeah. Well, they they've clearly I feel like they've been on this tour a few times. At least Tony has. I don't know if Charlie has, but it seems like Tony I don't has. Know. Yeah. But it, I, a I lot mean, of the, the conversation they're having here is like, oh, she seems great. I'm trying not to freak out about it. But what's the thing with the Ralph in her sleep? I'm not going to I'm going to ignore it, but I'm still thinking about it. You know, and Tony, don't let me like screw this one up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we see Charlie and Harry eating hot dogs again. I want a hot dog now. But do they only eat hot dogs? This is their dates are like eating hot dogs, <laughs> going to like the f- top five most recognizable places in San Francisco and like chilling at home. Uh, hang out with Rose. We get this like love montage. This is where the 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 love montage feels weird to me because it's the rose of it all. Like the way they just kind of like like factor rose. I think in she has like, to be there though, right? Like you, she has to yeah. be, but you can't have dialogue in these scenes, or we can't have more of a connection between Rose and Charlie here because we would be like, Charlie, how do you not know it's Rose later? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to preserve any kind of suspense or surprise that it is Rose. Um, so then there's a double date with Charlie and Harry at the diner of Tony and Debbie Mazar. And Debbie Mazar was, was she in not the, the girlfriend or the, the, the Anthony LaPaglia love interest at the end of Empire Records? Uh, she might be. Yeah. I think she's I, the one who works for, for, uh, what's his name? Manning. Yeah. We, we, we had a whole Rush conversation Manning. about what exactly her job was and how she could leave it to work at a yeah. record store. Yeah. Like, were they dating in the nineties? They just ended up in movies together. Don't know. I, I think she was one of the girlfriends in Goodfellas too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I feel like it's a very Debbie Mazar role. Yeah, yeah. She's also in Friends. Who's she in Friends? Uh, when Rachel's about to give birth, she comes in with someone, and she was just like, "This is my asshole husband," and she's dubbed the evil bitch. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, I I she's saw only in it for point. like ten minutes, but I've seen Friends like. I've never seen like the last three seasons of that show. I think yeah. around I the time that uh, Monica and Chandler like officially got that's together the, for good. Was, that's when the show ends. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, I've heard people make jokes, but the show going on for three more seasons after that. But I know you're all making fun of me. So I, I know you guys are missing true. some good episodes. Not good seasons, know. but good episodes. Well, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's like a Joey Rachel thing that happens, right? There is. And that brings me to one of my favorite ones when Ross is fine. Hmm. I don't know why it's coming out squeaky like because I'm fine. Ross or uh, Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston. How do we feel about that? David Schwimmer. This is not benefit to me. They said it's not a thing. So, you know. All right. Yeah. Because she can always do better than David Schwimmer. <laughs> always. Always. Or don't, Marco, do not shit on David Schwimmer. Uh, I love him. He's the best actor in that whole show. Is he though? Yeah. Probably, he's the one yeah. who can go from happy to depressed to like he definitely has the most range. Manic. Yeah. And he I think has he... the most range, one hundred percent. We don't need to. No, there's there's I a whole arc, dive into friends right There's now. a whole alternate I've universe where he doesn't times. do friends, <laughs> and he's just like a very successful like character actor who like maybe gets yeah. Oscar noms. But I yeah, like him being Ross, I think definitely. I mean, I'm sure he made a shitload a creep, of money, though, right? But, yeah, one hundred percent has the most range. Just mm-hmm. in my but, personal but opinion, but Ross Everyone is a huge creep, though, character. right? 
with the Ross Rock's character. Yeah. I mean, they were on a break. Okay. They um, were always on a break. I will I'm say on that- Ross's side. I will quote Ross the most, especially in the last few months. I've been doing a lot of like uh, rearranging my place and I've done a lot of pivot, pivot. <laughs> um, so they play this ridiculous what's worse game. I think this and, this whole uh, scene is just to build up to this being electrocuted joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how, like that, It's clear that nobody thinks it's funny. And she's like, you know, I was I was electrocuted once. It's horrible. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, it's like comfort her and be like, no, it's it's fine. It was funny. Negatory good buddy. Yeah. Negatory. Um yeah, what is worse that. though? Uh what do we have here? The the band-aid under a stake, uh having to yep. to take a dump when you're on the Bay Bridge or um synchronized swimming on ESPN. I'd go band-aid. Or being electrocuted. That or being electrocuted. <laughs> I would say band-aid, one hundred percent. worse, you can walk away from the stake. Yeah, but at the same time, your pants in traffic. But like, what if you had already ate a bite? And like, what if they have fucking AIDS? <laughs> you know there what you I know. mean? It was the nineties. You know, mm-hmm. th- what if they have like some kind of communicable disease, and then all of a sudden you just ate that? There's there's potential long term consequences there. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I and also the, the shitting on the Bay Bridge thing though, it needs more to the story. It needs to be like, where are you going? Like, where where is your destination? Are you going to go meet your girlfriend's parents for the first time and you just shit your pants? I don't know. Like, So, quick question. Bay Bridge, obviously in California, yes? Yeah, it's between uh, San Francisco and Oakland. It's, okay, it's a, it, it, just... it goes over, was it Treasure Island, I think? Um, so, it, it's like it stops on an island and keeps going. It's like a really long bridge. And is it like... The same as like the San Fran, like huge bridge. Like it's not the Golden Gate. No, it's um. This is the one that kind of like a piece of it fell down during the '89 earthquake. Because um, okay. it, it was like a weird design where like the like eastbound was like on one layer, and then above it there's just like you know 15 feet up a second layer of freeway, like right above okay. it, went the other way. Yeah. My uncle was on a bus in the lower layer. <laughs> oh, during the other thing. Yeah, where it fell. Nice. Okay. So they were there for a while. Yeah, um, it was rebuilt. He had, he, had, he had a bunch once. of brand muffins <laughs> and two it. strong cups of coffee. Nice, nice. Then it would come out real quick. So yeah, it'd be like, yeah. quick, get out and get in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so Harriet wants to walk in the rain rather than get in a cab with uh, Tony and his girlfriend, which I guess makes sense because she might be played as insufferable. Is this romantic? Walking in, no. the, rain? in the rain? I don't know. Not when it's, not when it's that much of rain. if it's raining yeah. like that and you're in san francisco that's just that's cold and wet yeah it it doesn't seem romantic at all you would be dre- you'd look like a wet dog it's not like a light drizzle in hawaii okay. or something okay yeah, if you at the start of that walk fine, at the start of that I, walk it's romantic 15 feet later <laughs> it stops being romantic yeah then you'd be like we'll call a cab now thank you (laughs) i get why you you suggested initially i also get why it it fails but they have to be out in the rain because then we get the lightning strikes trope as charlie starts to freak out about something of harriet hopefully he doesn't get electrocuted (laughs) yeah she she mentions (laughs) she mentions people in old movies staying together forever and it's like lightning crash oh forever that scares him yeah Mm. and then uh, we get her going to visit the parents now charlie tells me you're a bitch -er. <laughs> yes, I do run a butcher yes, shop. I'm a yeah. butcher. <laughs> we go put on your pants, please, or your trousers. I believe is what she says. <laughs> Eat pants now. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the pictures of Charlie when he shit his pants at Niagara Falls. 
<laughs> I mean, excuse like, me, apparently of, I have pickle up my ass. There's a lot of <laughs> bathroom trauma jokes from the dad when he goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's enough paper. And Charlie, light a light match. A match. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so this is like when I was watching it, I was like, he did not come from killing money because I was looking at that bathroom. This is like a working God. class apartment, it looks like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. She or he or no one has cleaned that bath, like the actual sink, in like twenty years. It's so much. I just, I just noticed that. Yeah, that's like disgusting. It's so gross, and that's why. Like, I know he's getting into the Mrs. X, and she's Mm -hmm. talking about Ralph and martial arts, whatever. But the whole time, I'm just thinking about that bathroom. I'm like, I want some rubber gloves and go in there, like be a Monica and just go like Brillo pad the whole thing because it's just gross. (laughs) <laughs> also, the, the picture of the queen of the dartboard is pretty funny yeah. to me. Okay, I asked, I had to ask uh, my boyfriend that too because I was like, "Why is the queen there?" And he was like, "Scottish, they hate the queen." And I was like, "I don't really know a lot of history there, but it makes sense, I guess." In, in a nutshell, a they shit hate the queen. Throwing yeah. darts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good for uh, them. I and guess. then, yeah, so of course he finds the paper there on the on the in the bathroom and starts connecting some dots and then it's area. like so not subtle about it afterwards yeah 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 well why would he close the door so abrasively like right when she looks at him and he's just like, oh shit and just like closes it so fast but like, she also has like a weird like oh i'm slowly walking out she's got like a weird sinister look when she like looks back at him really quick like that i think yeah. she has a normal look that's played as sinister i guess that's so. how she, yeah. she's got this weird like cypher thing but but like I, my thing is just he is so fucking strange that like when the breakup <laughs> comes i feel like harriet's gotta be like well this is kind of a relief and also not a not a total surprise he fucking skittish is weird and weirdest for a while now yeah when he's like oh is that before or after atlantic city <laughs> and she's just like i really don't like talking about my past yeah but it just still brings up, like, I really want to know how old she is. Just because, I'm just saying, I'm married three times, and there's no way she's over, like, 33. This movie could not work now because of the internet and, like, oh, absolutely pictures not. of people. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's yeah. got, like, even the Ellen Arkin jokes. There's no way Tony, it would work. Yeah. Tony's got to, like, fax somebody a photo of her or something like that just to get confirmation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that night they're in bed and he's like, she's like snuggled up as he stares at the ceiling. This is a very like when Harry met Shally, or Sally's uh, shot uh, when they first sleep together. Uh, then at the police station the next day, he takes the tabloid to, to Tony to talk about Mrs. X. <laughs> and then of course, the, the much used quote from Tony, two words, therapy. <laughs> yeah, because we've already established what a commitment phobia is. So it's like, well, clearly you're just making up this, you know, new excuse to, like to not commit to this lady because you're scared because you like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you smell like soup. Cool <laughs> and uh, there's the the only you thing comes up here about how the lounge singer could sing only you in like a dozen languages or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, oh, like, we haven't got to the only you phase in our relationship yet. But we get the comment that you know, to Charlie, marriage is death. Um, Which yeah, is so. like basically the the kind of concept that launched the movie. I don't know if the movie really works that hard to to connect that metaphor, but that seemingly like the original Genesis was thinking mm-hmm. about the concept of like guys think that marriage is death. Like what if what if it was, you know, if you accidentally married an expert or that kind of thing. Uh so then speaking of very nineties artifacts, Charlie's watching a current affair <laughs> yes. with Marina Boyle. And I love it the 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 very beginning is first up, Amy, did she or didn't she? <laughs> 
I, I love the him launching the thigh master behind him when the uh, yeah. thing on poisoning comes up. Yeah. Well, I feel like Charlie, he's being too paranoid here about the drink. It's like, like she's not going to kill you till after you get married. So just like relax, you know? So basically Alfred Hitchcock's suspicion of Cary Grant and what's her name in the, in the, in the drink. But also I kept thinking this is just a playoff, like the mom talking about the juice tiger, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So here's our juice and stuff. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So my thing uh, when I was watching it, have you guys ever seen American Murder from Paris? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, oh, Paris? Paris, yes. I saw that yes. in the theater. I remember that. Wow. So that's one of my favorite movies. That was the one I was going to pick instead of Beetlejuice, but you guys would have totally wrote me a new asshole on that one. So I'm glad I didn't because it's yeah. near I, and dear to my heart. The, the, only thing, two assholes. the only thing I remember from that movie is that <laughs> Julie Delphi like takes her top off at one point to like calm the guy down because he's a werewolf. I just remember thinking it was, yeah. it was a strange gonna, choice. So, let me ask you a question. Are there werewolf yes. titties? No. Because huh? the trailer implies there's werewolf titties. I, yeah, she has... But she has she like normal, like a human breasts, like French breasts. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so what she's doing, it's the same thing. Is she's like, I brought you a drink, and it's obviously like heart juice or whatever, because he's about to turn to a and then she like straddles him, and anyways. But I got the same vibes from this exact same thing. She's like, just drink it, just drink it. Like you'll really enjoy it. And he's just like, no thanks. And my thing, she says, is a shake. When I think of a shake, I think of like a protein shake or a milkshake or like a smoothie that mm. looked like raspberry lemonade. it looked clear yeah it looked translucent. she should have said, yeah. said juice mm-hmm. what kind of shake is that she should have said she the said word she- juice because then yes. you could tie it to the mom even more right was that movie that sequel was that tom everett scott yeah yeah it was yes it was which is shocked because he's like the dad in like diaries of Olympic <laughs> kid movies now when really there was only one acceptable tom everett scott moment in time and that was that thing you do um yeah would you be yeah, more so, likely to drink something you were suspicious of if it was translucent or like like a shake where it was like opaque? Translucent. Yeah, I think for so. Sure. Because I feel like, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't be able to see it. But if someone offered me a protein shake, I feel like I wouldn't think as hard about it. But if they're like cornered me and was just like, here, drink this, drink okay. it, I would let's, be like. I'm, I'm let's good. workshop this what is the acceptable way to your significant other to say you take a sip first oh classic moment where you just switch the drinks around inconceivable <laughs> yeah exactly just pull the princess right just switch them around but i mean that's that's the fix you don't have to do the fucking like closet thing which is like what a joke um yeah yeah, the whole like shutting the, the door and all the closet falling just, on him. Yeah, I just love him standing there, just so awkwardly, just like looking yeah. around. You, like I said, just waiting. His comedic stylings are exactly the same from like Wayne's World to Austin Powers, yeah. probably even to Love Guru, Guru, which I'm thankful I've never seen. But um, you're I welcome. Love <laughs> After that, they get into bed. And he's still just reading the Thighmaster instruction guy. <laughs> I feel like this movie doesn't do enough to explore like the sex appeal of potentially dating a murderer. Like it just, it's not there, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of it is it wants to like keep you guessing. Like, mm-hmm. is she or isn't she? And for all of us, we're like, yes, she is. And there's the way she changes from non marriage, like after marriage, mm-hmm. just like the hard exterior. Definitely. But um, anyways, the whole friggin' <laughs> the closet gag. Who has that much shit? And how I wonder how many takes it had like they had to do 
to get all of that shit to fall on him, not hurt him, and then still have his legs in the air at the end. It's a very old-fashioned gag, yeah. Yeah, but just, it's hilarious, but that's a lot of stuff to, like, re-put up and then, like, redo over and over, so. I mean, but Nancy Travis, though, like, the casting is fascinating because she's got the, I don't know, wholesome loveliness of, of, what's her name from TV's Bewitch, but like the murder thing is also very hot too. And it's a horny movie. Like it's still, it's playful. It's silly. It's still very horny. When she starts like scratching his back and they're like doing all this, the, the San Francisco locales, like Presidio. And then can you reach around <laughs> and get the Coit Tower? Yeah. <laughs> it's only horny on Saturday morning. But they don't though. fuck. He makes no, a reach around joke and then they go to bed. That's what I thought. Cause she was like, but you had sex like way back when it was he's talking to rose and he's like hello but they didn't fuck right that night or am i wrong i think they oh, did I think, I think they fucked that night you yeah think they did mm-hmm. oh yeah okay but like, that's the only time that we've known that they've actually fucked i mean presumably okay. they're like hanging out constantly they're netflix and chilling at home when they're not out getting hot dogs <laughs> like I, I assume they're sleeping together yeah um, doing, doing all the things dogs. doing all the all things, the things. Eating ass. Yeah, we got the uh, scene with them at the. Did they do that in the 1990s. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, it's called tossing salads. Yeah, yeah, that's it. what it's called back then. The scene at the records okay. department with the cops <laughs> with Michael Richards and the other guy in the background. So a lot of great cameos in this. Uh, oh, I guess I'm the oh, insensitive you- man. Look at the insensitive man. Oh, we're just jumping <laughs> past the needle in the ear. But yeah, this is the this is maybe the greatest Michael Richards scene ever. I mean, I know there's some good Seinfeld moments, but come mm-hmm. on. Uh, this is also Mike Haggerty, speaking of friends, who's in a fuck ton of things, but he's also the uh it's like the super in the friends apartment who's with him. The the great line of uh oh, he yeah. was my ride. <laughs> yeah, he was my yeah. ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't think of him from anything else besides that though. Oh, his IMDB is just like filthy with like bit parts. I'll have to look him up. Um but yeah, then they they go to the, the basically the full house park. Well, because he's heard about the Ralph Elliott thing and how like yeah. Ralph Elliott's body has been found. Did they mention the wife? And so he decides to go dump her. I'm afraid you're going to c- leave me. You're afraid I'm going to cleave you? Cleave you? <laughs> but are you talking about with like the, um, uh, like with the houses all set? Yeah, like it's that? like the full house park, right? Okay. That's, I thought that same thing too. I was just wondering if that was. Yeah, I think it's okay. called like Alamo Park or something like that. But yeah, all those okay. all those skinny houses. houses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You guys know a lot more about Cali. Which than I which do, then so. <laughs> when you when you watch Full House, you're like, this architecture makes no sense. No, it does. Yeah, it's all. because that's they're cramming I, them all that's in. That's how there. I feel. <laughs> when you when you actually look at where rooms are located in that house, mm-hmm. that house is much bigger on the inside. Um <laughs> so after the breakup, he's like sitting by the water at night, just writing his fucking poetry. Um uh, goes back Can to you, Rose. Did you guys screen cap that? Oh, the like poetry is written down. Said. Let me let me see if I can get it here. I was gonna say because I figured one of you two. I know you guys and your both falafels that one of you two would have like actually saw what he wrote and like scribbles it out. Oh, oh butcher lady, killer of sheep and men, untrusting, unknowing, unloving. This poem sucks. That's what he's written there. Okay, wow. that sounds wow. About right. He actually wrote that. <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank you. <laughs> Does he actually write out the woe man each time? It, it doesn't have that part. It just <laughs> what I read was what you can see. Yeah, I mean, at like least like every time. in the age of computers, you could be like copy file, 
delete the rest of this, just start this. That's template. a whole month's work there for him, you know? Yeah. Month of computers. Oh, but that's a good point. When they actually go on to it and it's like that weird like dial up and it's all the green. Mm-hmm. Not like we have nowadays. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot different back then. Yeah. So he has to go do his his one poem a month that he reads about Harriet, but he like it's like he can't do it or something. He doesn't you know, the poem was bad anyway, and then he like he doesn't blow the candle out. Mm. Hi Kitty. Then we, we finally see his his place which she gets to like hang out on the roof at it's not a bad place i mean especially in like san francisco um again what the fuck does he do for a living thank you and then tony calls to say hey they arrested me for the murder of ralph Hill. anyway gotta go crime to stop bye <laughs> yeah just from a payphone <laughs> which i guess in 93 would make I sense love tony. Yeah. i want more tony uh but then like thrill and relief like he jumps in his car and like races to harriet he runs um, a stop again. sign when he gets in his car he just like goes yeah. straight through an intersection i noticed that too <laughs> he totally is just like oh he's we're good just go right through he's driving around san francisco like he's like fucking like uh tom cruise at the beginning of vanilla sky but like i cannot stress enough that nancy travis might wanting to murder me is not going to stop me from wanting to, to court her also Marco. he's fucking fist pumping as he drives I feel like you have the biggest crush on Nancy Travis. Can you just admit it now? Have I not been admitting it this whole time? Has it been? Yeah, has it been definitely. subtle? Has it been vague like, at all? I don't care if she's an axe murderer. It can get graphic. Um, I love how Rose comes up behind him when she opens the door. He's like, "Nah, yeah." Um, yeah but she, she tells her he got scared. He, he loves her, and she's like, "Yeah, well, you blew it. Yeah, you blew it, Charlie." But. I actually feel like that was like the most emotional part of the entire movie is they like the way she was like, I love you too. And she actually like expelled a lot of emotion for me. And like, Oh, I thought it was great acting. And the fact that she was just like, but you blew it. And then he definitely deserved that. You can't just be like, I'm unbreaking up with you. (laughs) Absolutely. I just think it was really cool that at one point in this movie, it wasn't just all comedy based. It wasn't had an actual, like, asset to it of just kind of fuck you moment definitely yeah. i, just I say, felt like that was very needed good for her um mm-hmm. but also, 100%. it's like she gets to have like a little more of a character for once too do you think yeah. do you think charlie actually smokes or is the cigarette he holds while he's doing his poetry an affectation just yes. like an affectation he, yes he never lights it it's just because of his beatnik slam poetry artist free thing yeah. he's never had a litten cigarette ever i've noticed every single time he does it he doesn't smoke rather than getting a a boom box like a sensible (laughs) human being and playing some peter gabriel (laughs) well this is this is classic 90s rom-com where you're like you would definitely get arrested for doing that yeah (laughs) oh the neighbors alone Mm -hmm. yeah they would have you beaten to death but yeah he sounds his beat poet band they perform one of his fucking poems on the roof outside her calls her a bellicose bellicose butcher i don't know if that's a compliment of it yeah i just like that the the the, when he mentions the fireman racing to where there's no fire the horn mimics a little fire siren this poem sucks yeah (laughs) also she is glowing in that lighting beautiful like when she beckons him to come closer, it's like, oh shit, is the band going to watch this happen? <laughs> so what does the band do? And it's like, all right, yeah. guys, pack it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They kiss. We're good. Mm-hmm. Let's pack it out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree though. Like once they start like re- repre- uh, reciprocating. Thank you. Yeah. My words are escaping me at the moment. 
But yeah, once they start reciprocating it. Whose place is this massive indoor hot tub in? Hers. Is that her place? Uh-huh. I think yeah. so. That is, that is just an incredible domicile that she so lives so in many here. Candles. If anyone came from family's money, it would have had to have been her, right? Yeah. yeah. Like She might own that butcher shop. She runs it alone, or apparently. Ralph Elliott's money. Ah, yes. I mean, it doesn't the, seem like she, could have, she couldn't have cashed in on the insurance because the people are just missing and not dead. So, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but Also, this candles. What is this like a fucking meatloaf music video? Like, goddamn, it's a lot of candles. <laughs> it's necessary. He's not worthy of this many candles. The central hot like tub Elaine, there. Like an Elaine Bennis, like sponge worthy thing. Like, you got to ask yourself, how many candles? He's is this cleaning her face. Yeah. At first, I thought he was shaving her, and I was like, that almost <laughs> seems somewhat normal. Like, let me shave your mustache mm-hmm. for you. And then I noticed it was just a washcloth, and I'm like, why are you cleaning underneath her nose? That's just so strange to me. <laughs> well, this really looks like it's a Shaving night seems scene. seems more appropriate. Doesn't it seem like a night scene, but then, like, a friend shows up? Like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Ralph could show up at night. Ralph, who looks an awful lot like Linda Hamilton, but, but isn't. A little yes. bit, yeah. Do you think she just hired this lady to be like, I need to calm this guy down. I'm going to like, I I found like of somebody I can recruit to just pretend to be named Ralph for a, a half yep. hour. Yeah. She looks like Linda Hamilton mixed up a nineties actress named fair fork. But uh, like, why doesn't Rose like kill this Ralph too? If there is indeed a uh, Mrs. Danvers esque almost Hitchcocky and lesbian undertone. Well, Cause Ralph was just a friend and all the other ones were actual like, they married her. I assume I that know. Ralph is not actually her friend. I was just the, in the way I always interpreted this is this is just like some lady. Isn't that an she, actress she hired? Yeah. The way that we we always so, assume that our friend Mac hired new actress to play his parents. So yeah. are we all kind of thinking that like um, Rose is actually in love with her sister? I think when I was yes. watching this now yes. and I wasn't sure if she was a sister or not, I was like that would definitely make sense if they wrote it right. that way. Yeah. Yeah, it in kind the, of feels uh, that way. She's she like I'm very protective of my sisters, but at the same time, I'm not that protective. It's very like, much like a no one will ever be good enough for you. Yeah. So. In the uh, erotic thriller of this version of this movie that stars either Bruce Willis or, or Woody Allen, yeah, one hundred percent, they're uh, they're in love or she's in love with her. Yeah, it makes more sense that way. Which okay, yeah, the uh, the classic. I was just naked just then, very nude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the, which the, I feel like he it's weird that he even came down in just a towel anyways when she was like, there's a friend here, put on some pants or even your whitey yeah. tidies and a shirt or your button He's up really shirt. like really inadvertently weird. swinging his dick all over this place. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like the prancing, like this is not how your friend wants to like find out that this is your boyfriend or whatever. Right. Um, and then, of course, we cut to Cock of the North. <laughs> for the anniversary party here i just love the speech he gives i'm glad i married you may because it could have been worse <laughs> and oh, I just thought, most marriages right he says i love you and then she's like thank you when when they're all like kind of like clapping for him and he just goes shut it yeah um <laughs> uh, but it's at I, least it's charlie do you feel like tony is just like fucking his way through all of may's friends yes yeah right yeah, I, at a certain point, I think Tony's not saying no anymore. It's a to men or women. It's a major party foul for him to propose at somebody else's anniversary party. Yes, right? yes, rude. One hundred percent. 
I'm a, I'm a girl. I understand. Like, but if that was my moment and someone else proposed, I'd be like, that's well, and also the way he proposes is like, I just want to, it's like, let's just get this out of the way. You know, it's not, not exactly romantic. There's no ring. There's no anything. There's no nice getting on the knee. It's just like, we should be married. And she's like, she thinks about it obviously and says no. And then she's like, yes. I like when he's like, no. And he's like, please. Yeah. Louis have taught me that me? that women should only get like engaged at their sister's you know engagement party or wedding because that's the most passive aggressive move. Like that's Dude, that's that always happens. My in sisters movies. would kill me if I tried to get engaged. But what at a their fun wedding. prank! <laughs> <laughs> they still would be like at my wedding. Fuck like, you! No, absolutely not. <laughs> I like to think this about me now. I'd also like to say I'm pregnant now as well. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> Nice. And then at the end of it, throw in a terminal disease. Well, the, the, uh, the I have I'm pregnant. And I have AIDS. I'm very sorry. I don't know what to tell you guys. The, and I'm getting married. Woo! The economy what? of the story here, where it's like, yes, I will marry you. Cut to them getting married. They're just moving yeah. it right along. Yeah. Yeah. I've, the most Scottish wedding I've ever seen. I mean, like unless like a sheep is also the ring bearer. This is so Scottish. Um, and then, of course, Stuart with the, let's get pissed. That was one of my favorite moments. I love that part. But, like, do you think Harriet would be okay? Because, obviously, Rose is dressed, like, head to toe Scottish that she just completely accepted. The hair, like, the... I think well, Rose knows her moments. Well, we don't get a ton yeah. of, like, it doesn't seem like uh, Harriet had a lot of input in this wedding. You no, know, it's it, or, or really like no. in anything. I mean, parents, we see right? a lot of her house, but it's kind of like she's just Charlie's girlfriend at a certain point, and there's not a whole well, lot yeah. there. Yeah. Also, Harriet's house. All the moments that we like focus on are all remnants of her previous relationships too. Mm-hmm. Like Harriet's not given that much of a character. Um, there's also the joke when they're kissing, where Charlie holds his leg up. Like I remember, yeah. that that was big back in the nineties. I remember a lot of jokes about somebody like you know lifting their leg up. When, well, like the this the subversion that a lot of guys would do it mm-hmm. when they when they did the first kiss. Yeah. So Sarah performs. If you think I'm sexy at the bagpipes, uh, why May is more sexually harassing Tony. She's than just before. fully groping his ass. Yeah. Yeah. But like instantly, like from pre marriage, Harriet is totally like loving and comforting and happy and whatever. The moment they get married, even when she says. I do. Mm-hmm. The just super long pause. Yeah. Change. yeah, it's just yeah. the instant change. And then she obviously starts saying only you, but like well, so, the way that he was the one who well, the argument his leg is that up and everything. She loves him, but she knows that this is the ticking clock to his death. Well, so the, the question, so, does she know that Rose is doing this? She has to. Or, right? or is she oh, just I like, think that's yes, why she's so protective. Yes. Of I don't, it. I don't think but, she does though, because Rose is like somebody's killing her spouses. Rose like just left a note that she wasn't supposed to like, like, like nobody was supposed to find that note until Harriet would and just assume that he left. And it's like, why does this keep happening to me? I get married to these guys and they just disappear over and over again. But wouldn't the note be wrote like written in the same like style? But I mean, my my point is Harriet's not a fucking idiot. Like she can see through Rose's like scheme for the fourth or fifth time. Well, and but, the fact that she's so close to her and doesn't she she obviously like gravitates towards Harriet no matter where she goes. Mm-hmm. She goes from Atlantic City to LA to yeah. wherever. Like 
what's what's the common know. denominator here? Yeah. 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 But also I think I think Rose is probably dropping comments all the time, a la Michael Richards earlier. Uh, you know, like that's no way to get a, get ahead in a marriage or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like I feel like she's she's making herself known. But anyway, yeah. either way, if Harriet doesn't know it's Rose somehow, she knows that this is a pattern that follows her and that like this is the end of Charlie. Right. Yeah. 100%. She hasn't yeah. totally figured it out, but she just knows that this dude's gonna disappear as soon as they get married. She's not really sure why. Blah, 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 metaphor. You've had your heart broke. Like, you, you still have to throw yourself into the next one as if it's going to work out, even though they will probably die. Oh, they got to pipe her down. They've got to yeah. pipe her down. <laughs> got to pipe her down. And singing only I you to him that. in, like, French. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, right when he's, like, or right when she starts speaking in French and he's just, like, oh, my God, I married Mrs. Oh, he, he looks at uh, <laughs> Tony here, I think, and they both go, nah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. So the honeymoon, we're on the Golden Gate. Um, going to a place called Poets Corner where all the, a lot of the beats hung out, which again, it, you're just saying yes to everything, Harriet. No, it, like, it's all camp. it's all his stuff. It's like, yeah, did she have yeah. any say in like where they go on the honeymoon? Yeah. But uh but but James, this was so like instantly recognizable as Toad the Wet Sprocket, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, like oh, Toad, yeah. That's what? It's a, Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's a band called Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's another early '90s band. Maybe the most '90s band name of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, they had okay. also. I like to point out they had a song on the soundtrack for Friends. All right. Yeah, Friends there you go. A lot of music. Was there it the main theme song? <laughs> no, no, that was the. Red they band. had a song in the soundtrack of the show that had like 300 episodes. <laughs> but, yeah, but I have, I did... have 10 seasons to get through, dude. <laughs> it did have a music video that was played on MTV okay. as being on the Friends soundtrack. So. Yeah. Okay, um, well, Harriet gets the black beret. So she's like immediately evil. Mm-hmm. Like the black leather mm-hmm. jacket and the black beret. She's dressed like she's Sean Young all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and meanwhile, at the police station, well, he, back off, Italian boy. Yeah, real, real quick, he's doing the thing where he's like making her mouth talk, you know, and he's like, You're the best husband I ever had. And she's like, Why would you say that? It's like a little bit of an overreaction, maybe. Right. Yeah, well, because he was like, you're a sex machine, just like joking, having fun, Nelson. You're the best husband I've ever had. And then just the way she like grab his arm. It's just like, maybe you should chill. I feel like that doesn't necessarily imply not doing much. It doesn't necessarily imply that you've had more husbands to say you're the best husband I've ever had. I don't know. Well, I agree. Yeah. And so that's why I don't understand. But. She probably didn't think that she's far, but she probably should have told them about her other husbands. But as an actor, husbands. the way she's able to turn into like Terminator mode, doing very little, is is wonderful. But also, these two, their whole relationship is just littered. Like you know how they do that trope where like uh, it's like rose petals like, leading to the bedroom mm-hmm. with yeah. candles. These two, it's like red flags, <laughs> just red flags leading. <laughs> you to- it seems like they rushed into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'm not quite well- feeling it. Because it was two weeks before their um, parents or his parents, the 30th anniversary, it was two weeks before. And so they'd only been dating and she had met like his parents. So they'd only been dating for what, maybe a month or two. Yeah. Well, they they argue that they're getting married. They break up and get back together within like two weeks or something. Do you think maybe it's some part of Harriet's mind? She knows what always happens when she gets married. And so like, She's like, okay, yeah, let's just rush into it because either let's get it over you, with. Yeah, let's just get it over with. <laughs> either it doesn't happen, which is which is nice, you know, that the curse has ended, or if it does happen, well, you, 
you're kind of an asshole sometimes. How much is left of the MacArthur Genius Grant? And what does that what happens to your spouse when you die? Does it, do they get the rest of it? I just really can't think that she has had three marriages and didn't suspect anyone. Oh, she she yeah, I think she suspects Rose. She bottom line, she knows what's gonna happen, you know, pattern. But like, well, she has to know what she got. Like, there's no way she can't not suspect Rose. Right. Pers- right. Just personal pain. I don't it's know. Rose. Kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. And what does Rose, Rose do for a totally living? totally creepy. I'll, I'll tell her nothing happened. And he's like, yeah, nothing did happen. And she's like, winks. She's, like, okay. she's playing like she's like the female Joker through half this yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. You know, one detail <laughs> I totally didn't no catch until this most recent viewing is that she has on like the Patrick Bateman like raincoat. Like to like cover up the blood the when she's attacking end. at yeah. the end. I never noticed yeah. that before for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Charlie, try getting a reservation at fucking Dorson now. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, speaking of Suicide Squad earlier, I read something today. Do you know who wanted the role before Jared Leto got it? Do you know who what, actually for Joker? To get that? Yeah, for Joker. I do not know. Ryan Gosling. Oh, what? Is it that Deadpool? No, it's Ryan no, Reynolds, Reynolds, but I can see how you oh, confuse the two. They're both Sorry. Canadian. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Ryan Reynolds would make sense as the Joker. He's like a human Joker. Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, it makes no sense. He will always for like forever be my notebook guy. He's yeah. not going anywhere else. Personal yeah. opinion. Imagine if your notebook guy wanted to put a smile on that face. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So Alan Arkin uh, comes to give Tony a hard time. Back off, Italian boy. Seems the old lady confessed a couple other murders too. Abraham Lincoln, Warren G. Hunter, Julius Caesar. She's a nutcase. A nutcase. I like how they've hidden in this exposition into like a whole comedy bit about him. Pretending yeah. to be like the, mm-hmm. the tough uh, chief of police, yeah. You screw this up, pal, and you'll be writing Parkinson's for the rest of your life. And he like, like Tony like storms out to go take care of this, and he comes back to give notes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Too much <laughs> of the end, no, though. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work yeah. on it. Is that okay? I'll do yeah. better next time. So we see. Po- but yeah, that's actually one of my top moments. Is just the way that he is just like holds him up by his sword. He's like, oh shit, was that too much? Like, I feel like I went really too hard there. Yeah. He's like, no, you did great. <laughs> you see, Poet's Corner is 40 miles up like a like a winding, barely paved road into the forest here. Yeah. Somewhere in Northern California. It's like it's like they're playing like on the end of Vertigo slightly instead mm-hmm. of going to a Spanish mission. Yeah, so we get a montage of faxed images being sent and phone calls between people <laughs> to identify. Do you get a look at the picture they send too? Like Nancy Travis has this bizarre, like shocked expression on her face. Yeah. Like she didn't know the photo was being taken or something. I like how you could instantly tell that the one guy is an Atlantic city guy with no other, <laughs> no other identifying <laughs> marks. <laughs> and then we get super young Greg German as the clerk at the front desk. Uh, you know, just light some candle by the bed. They freaking lose power. And uh, this one, the headache thing, which we've already talked about. He really, she has a headache. What? Nothing. <laughs> Have they gone to like gone down to dinner yet? No, but so they're they're going to stay in the Robert Burns room, which is like an old Scottish poet, of course. Okay. And then the second Alan Arkin coming in and, and, and giving uh, uh, ethics learns a shit. <laughs> hey, ties on. Yeah. I don't yeah. have time for this now. In the hotel room, the creepy shot is like Harriet pulls a string of other wedding rings out of her talcum powder or whatever. And then like does this thing, the, the instantly creepy thing in a movie or a TV show. When do you like wipe the, yeah. the whatever, the moisture off the mirror to see your own face? 
Well, and she has like her three old rings from her marriages. Also, like, the bandage. Twice. Yeah. Does anyone have the, uh, yeah. the bandage thing in her? Yeah, their, you can see a, a bandage on her middle finger there from where she actually when she cut, cut herself. herself during the butcher shop. Yeah. 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 She kept yelling, "Cut, cut, cut!" And they're like, "We're not ready." To and they're cut like, yet. "Yeah, cut, cut, cut." <laughs> Not the type of cut that she wanted. <laughs> the pilot here, I kind of love this guy. Stephen Wright. Oh, Stephen Wright. I miss this guy so much. Like, this is a guy who's like whole comedy shtick. I should have hated, but I fucking love Stephen Wright. The, uh, hey, how long will this take? Shouldn't take very long. Actually, I have no concept of time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this at night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's I love so Stephen great. <laughs> uh, the kimono dress for Harriet. It's a look. It's a look. She she pulls it and off. She she pulls it off very well, in my opinion, this, with the hair and the gloves and everything. I think she looks like a freaking doll. Mm-hmm. I think she looks amazing. This and a red lip. She's she's nailing it. Um, she's nailing it. Uh, yeah. So they're really playing up how crazy we're supposed to think Nancy Travis is here, which only makes her hotter. Well, because she's like a Terminator now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like following him around, and spying on him. We, we even have. She's gonna killer- just have a red glowing eye at the end. <laughs> yeah, killer POV cam as she as he goes to the bathroom at one point. Uh, Stephen Wright's falling asleep by flying. Oh man, I was having an amazing dream. <laughs> that was eight and a half months premature. Doctors I, are freaking out. Yeah, <laughs> that's in my notes too. I was eight and months months premature, and the doctors are freaking out. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, they're doing all these uh, shots of Nancy joke, Travis man. where she's like half in shadow, and it's like super sinister. Okay, at the table. Not the couple behind them that's like like having their 30th anniversary or whatever, the 25th anniversary. There's a table behind them with some extras. The dude at that table looks so fucking creepy. He's got a serious goatee. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's like a weird like Van Dyke goatee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like how they, they interrupt the like announcement of their like honeymoon there. Where we're like, we have yeah. a very important phone call for you right now. I miss the days when they would have the like 75 foot phone cord mm-hmm. to bring you a phone. Um, and just when he turns to the old guy and he's like, what should I do? He's just talking to Tony and the old guy's like, don't worry. When the time comes, you'll know. My thing that bugs me about the whole thing is who eats dinner at 9 p.m.? Yeah, especially oh, there's, there's a lot of old people here. They'd all be eating at like four. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you're going to eat dinner and like all of this happens. And then like they do the whole like, oh, my God, are getting married or like you just got married, whatever. They hadn't even had their drinks yet. Like at least me, like let me have a glass of like champagne first. They don't have drinks or food. I love that's it. my thing that bugs me the most because I, I eat dinner at like five p.m. So I love maybe him. I'm older than them. I don't know. Yeah, I love him finding out that she's Mrs. X, and he's just like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and just the telephone shape in general brings me back so many wonderful memories. <laughs> like I remember my grandma had like a telephone like that, and I miss cords, and I'm like. I almost want to get a landline just so I can get. I also had the thing where it was like phone. there was like the earpiece and then the the thing you hold like there's like a oh, two yeah. piece situation. And you could, you could detach it mm-hmm. and so you yeah. could talk through it. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, I always think of uh, my favorite Christmas movie, uh, uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," when they get to share the earpiece to talk into the uh, the thing. Yeah, yeah. So they start doing a rendition of "Only You" and Harriet like drags in the dance. Uh, and meanwhile, this is when Tony tries to commandeer Charles Grodin's vehicle and Grodin's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I get major, like, I don't know if it's just me, but like major gay vibes. Oh, just from like, Grodin? Yeah, just from both of them. Like, what do you think, want? 
Groden's movies, Midnight Run, Beethoven. He was in a lot of Beethoven movies. He became like a talk yeah. show host eventually, I think. Or he was something. a talk show host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jerry's like it's... doing the Groden show at one point when he's got the barbecue bottle. Yeah, like um, just the way Groden like commands the silence before his line reading. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of no. Yes. And then just the and, line and that's of like, oh, yeah. oh, does this bother you? No, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. And then just the, yeah, the lights go out one point on the dance floor, and Charlie's like, "You've got to help me! I'm married." And the lights come on. A they beautiful just, woman. Harriet, a wonderful, a wonderful person. Yeah. Um, and they put him in like this like folk horror like wicker chair, and carry them to the. It's like a like, bedding like, ceremony. Yeah. yeah, it's like a Game it's of Thrones. So thing. weird. They're like, not fun, Jewish. You and he's like the the comedy of him and the bellhop. Save for a nightcap. <laughs> yeah, that, I well, I literally yelled that earlier today. I was like, I need, really need you to stay for a nightcap. He's like, I don't want to be in your nightcap. weird threesome, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why do all the guests keep trying to get me to have a three way with them? Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, then then it's a wonderful part when we actually find out he like actually gets to know. And and you're like, oh yeah, it's Amanda Plummer because of course it is because she's terrifying. Yeah, because it's Rose. Mm-hmm. Dear Harry, Jeez. I can't handle the commitments too hard. I'm leaving you. Love, Charlie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the accent of the phone, suddenly he's just like, what the fuck? I was like, what? What the closet? That's the first curse and only curse word they use in the entire movie. What closet in a hotel room like has a lock and key situation? And the fact that he has to blow his, or I said blow his gun. That sounds kind of weird, but like shoot, <laughs> shoot his gun <laughs> to get it to unlock and she like tries to run out, but why would you in a closet like you got you got into the hotel room or like easy out. it really seems like you could just throw your body at that thing and it would like break open yeah it had all those yeah. notches in mm-hmm. it there's no way you would need to use your gun <laughs> yeah but I, I love the bit where he's like hanging from the the ledge and she keeps letting like you know, like swinging the axe and he's yelling and it cut to down below. You're just like, thunk, ah, thunk, ah. It's Rose. Not listening he's, to me. Yeah. Can't you hear that? Yeah. And, and that's of course, why. The moment that I completely forgot that made me laugh so hard is when she like kicks him in the dick and then he kicks her right back. <laughs> yes, I have that coming up. But okay. um, I was just going to say, uh, like with Tony, he wants to be the bad cop, right? So that's why he's like, "Can do this here, or do this downtown." And she's like, "Can you not hear them? Like on the roof, and like literally, Mike Myers is just like screaming <laughs> every time. It just goes like chomp." And then um, fast forward a little bit. Um, I'm not a big fan of breaking the fourth wall. I'm just he totally looks at the camera at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, right yeah. when she he like she. He's already hit his balls, and then she kicks him again, and he just looks right dead, t- like into the camera. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of it, but this time I'll accept it because it was just so slight and it's quick, hilarious. <laughs> right the way after... that they did it, it was just so like nicely done that I was very okay to, with to the me the the underrated that. moment here is when she throws the axe that's a really cool axe throw shot like right yeah and it looks like it's going right for his head mm-hmm. and then it just lands like right before him yeah because his would... look his look at the camera is very bugs bunny but like he's also taken two bits of like nut trauma um 
<laughs> so he catches Rose as she starts to fall. And then, of course, thankfully, Tony is like finally like one floor below and, and like brings Rose inside. And then we get the jazzy poet music of uh, like, like Rose jailbird. Well, it's just like, and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, we're yeah. in, in been- the movie now. What more poem? And then for the sixth time, we get there she <laughs> Boy, then so knowing, so trusting, so love, Ed. Ed. Yeah, that's a movie. <laughs> yep. Still a great movie. It's like a brisk 90 minutes. They're just, in, they're in and they're out. Yeah. Oh, that runtime. They did a lot in those 90 minutes. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, Could have had a little bit more character, like character development with some of the characters, but. I'd be really curious to to see a version of this movie that wasn't such an out and out comedy, you know, because I I, kind of get the feeling that maybe the movie didn't entirely start that way. That it was more serious to begin with, because there's a lot of just like bits in this, you know, but like something that's a little more serious about marrying someone who you suspect might, you know, be a killer. Oh, absolutely. This could have been like a 90s Andy Garcia thriller. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, my make one change is like, I don't know, man. Like you could have expanded some of the character stuff, but like you can't expand Rose any more than you already have. Mm-hmm. She's already so, like all you could do is just like not have her on screen for fifteen minutes and then be like, oh, she's the killer. I forgot about her, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my make one change would. Sorry, guys, but not play "There She Goes" four times in this movie. <laughs> Literally, it's thirty-five minutes in, and I've already heard it three times. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> it's, and it's just my personal preference. I just don't like the song. It's probably about heroin. Oh, Everyone is it? Else wow. Needs. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. Racing I mean, through my veins, I guess that makes sense now, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's on a spectacle, I guess. Like, it's not a for sure, mm-hmm. but it sounds like it. I mean, there's no, it's just the chorus and then nothing else. <laughs> I guess that makes sense there's if like you're no chasing... You're chasing the dragon. You would say, there she goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah. So that would be my main one change is just not having this song 18 million times in this movie. Right. Uh, besides that, I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's hard for me to think because I, I, I want more Rose. But obviously, you can't really have too much more. Maybe a little bit more with her just at the end. A little bit more of like a killer's monologue or something like that. Just explaining yeah. a little bit. Like, you want like the the psycho like she wouldn't hurt a fly not not from. like that but just more more from her explaining herself like why she's done this or or you know she's just some exposition you know because you kind of just have to infer you're like okay so i guess nancy travis never knew that rose was like killing all these dudes you know like maybe yeah. like yeah it's, it's just like a little murky there I, I think this movie was definitely made in an era where it's like home video is still kind of a rarity. It's just meant for like the theater going crowd. And yeah, they weren't, they weren't thinking like Rose would be like, they're thinking like, okay, this, this night has wrapped up. The couples are who came to this movie ready to leave. They're not ready for Rose to be like, let's be honest. I'm into my sister. Bye. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's minute 85 of the movie. It's time to just get on with it. Yeah. 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 yeah movies aren't contractually allowed to be longer than 92 minutes long mm-hmm. in this, this era. All right. Well, best and worst pieces I be trivia. I feel like we may have mentioned everything here, but why don't you guys go for it? Savannah. Um. Uh, the only thing I have that you we haven't mentioned yet is that Mike Myers' performance was based on his father. Oh, wow. it's uh, Stuart McKenzie. Yeah. Huge. 
besides that, I feel like everything I already wrote down, just like we already said. So at a certain point, okay. Michael Myers senior needs to be like, yeah, give me a check. <laughs> yeah. Really. yeah Half your career is based on me. <laughs> yeah. We already mentioned yeah. it briefly, but uh, Sharon Stone was originally set to play Harriet Michaels, but she also wanted to play Rose Michaels in a dual role. That would have been fascinating. Yeah. 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 I saw that and it would have been and I think she because they wouldn't let her play both roles is why they like yeah. copped her out of it, right? Yeah, although I also, have to think like if if you see that it's the same actress playing both roles, aren't you like, well that one's the killer? Like there's like you just immediately be like, okay, well we have like yeah. a weird twin situation here. We already know this whole situation here. Yeah. Absolutely. But also and it's not like different like with Mike Myers mm-hmm. when he, Mike Myers is funny. Yes. Nancy Travis is kind, so I could see where she would have sex with him. She's I don't believe that. Sharon Stone is sleeping with a Mike Myers. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, she's already fucked Michael Douglas on screen. She doesn't need a Mike Myers. She's good. <laughs> what is the line from that? It's like, you want to get fucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As he like bends Gene Triplehone over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Is this movie better than I am number four? Yes. I'll say yes. Me? Yes. Now, uh, because we have a guest, uh, Savannah, you have your own kind of middle movie to, so for us to decide whether or not it's better than. So what do you got? All right. 1992, Death Becomes Her. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Um, yeah. Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis. Here's the thing. I've Meryl never Street. seen that movie for some reason. I'm not sure why. Wow. James, I know. are you kidding? You've never it seen it. It always that looked movie? interesting. I just never saw it. I'm not really sure why that is. But. It was Can you do like... some homework for me because I'm about to freak out. You've never seen that? Nope. I don't oh, even really think I've ever like... seen like parts of it on TV or anything. I've just seen like oh, the trailer. Oh, it's so good. You've seen parts of it somewhere. Yeah. Um Marco, have you seen it? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Not not since I like first rented it as you know, my, my, my parents rented it when I was a kid, but like that was like the start of Zemeckis being fascinated by like computer effects. Cause there's the shot where she literally has a, sh- a like a hole shot through her and we see Bruce Willis to the other side of it. Yeah. Um I would say that movie creeped me the fuck out as a kid. Such a good movie. So I would say to me personally, this is a better movie. But I also haven't seen it like in 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So am I say am I supposed to say like better or worse than So I Married an Axe Murderer? I guess what what do you think is better? Uh Death Becomes Her or So I Married an Axe Murderer? For me personally, Death Becomes Her is a better movie. Better mm, okay. movie. I don't know why I said that so weird. Um, but Literally, Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, and they all take this vial, and then they start dying, and you just get all the kill. It just will you just please watch it? I mean, the movie's always. <laughs> I, I've always wondered, it's like, so what good. is going on in that movie? They're like immortal or something, and they can have holes shot I, in them. They take a potion, and it can makes I, them can immortal. I throw this out then, there. Yeah, go month ahead. two. <laughs> Death becomes her. We'll have you back. We'll do Death becomes her. You do. I'm, 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 you. I'm suggesting this. Death becomes her. We'll do it ninety months, nineties month too. We'll have you come back. You you will force James to watch it. What do you think? <laughs> yes. Okay. It, it's such a good movie. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I absolutely love it. That's one of the movies when I went on vacation. I used to go to Thermopolis, which is like a weird spot in Wyoming, and um, 
like that was the movie we always watched when I was a child (laughs) and I just grew up with like more than I grew up with this movie so I'm very tied to that movie okay excellent all right games Uh, do your homework I'll I'll get to it is this movie better than (laughs) Jurassic Park Jurassic Park came out like a maybe a month before this movie came out I was looking up uh same summer 93 there for me no Jurassic Park was like to me like that was like the beginning of like me going to see movies in theaters like it seems like that was like the first big movie I really went to like see in a theater that wasn't just like going to see what my parents saw so Mm -hmm. I'd say no Okay. Marco. Oh, I, yeah, I, I hate, I, it's hard to do it, but yeah, Jurassic Park is a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> I might have more nostalgia in a way with this movie, but Jurassic Park is a better movie. Yeah. 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 Savannah. Call me crazy, but I'm not a big dinosaur fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So I'm going to say that. I mean, there's no Vicky uh, in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say no personally. I like when That's the one me. guy. And it's not that I don't like that movie. It's just not a movie I want to rewatch. When this is a movie that I'm comfortable rewatching. That I like movie when I've the, seen. The one guy's surprised when the second Velociraptor snuck up behind him, and the Velociraptor's like, "Hello." That. <laughs> Hello. We didn't do that nearly enough during this podcast. James, I don't even think you did it once. Hello. I thought I did it at least once. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we need, I'm surprised we didn't do more of that. Yeah. And the oh, the snaps. Clapping. <laughs> yeah, the snaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have one movie left in 90s month. Yeah, 90s month, which uh, stretched out to an extra week. But uh, we'll be doing The Craft next week, apparently. It is next movie week. movie that, that I've only seen five minutes of ever. Really? Are you... Yeah. Oh. With you, James. With you. Okay. Yeah. Wait, okay. Yeah. You guys are doing the craft next week? We're doing the we craft are. next week. You assholes. <laughs> I love you so much. What the hell? I love that movie so much. You Campbell, hello? I've seen oh. most of this movie. I think it's possible I like haven't watched it from the very beginning, but I've definitely seen most of it. I just remember that, like, the oh, wow. weird, like, goddess or whatever they worship has, like, an unpronounceable <laughs> name. Yeah, it's like... It's a really good movie. Did not see uh, the remake. The the favorites of Balkan yeah, at all. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be talking well, about that next week. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll have to pick out some more movies for a, a 90s month, too, other than Death Becomes Her. I mean, we still need to do Clueless, right? I don't think we've done Clueless. So. No, you guys have done Clue. I was the one who suggested Clue to Marco. Clueless. Clueless. And then you got... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you guys haven't done Clueless, but you did Clue. Which and would have made perfect sense. if I would have picked any movie... As a title movie for Clue. <laughs> Clueless. <laughs> like if they had gotten there like... Flames like on the side of my face. Yeah. Breathing, heaving, breathless. Yeah. By now, they were all dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's my favorite movie of all fucking time. And the fact that you guys did it, like, just circled that out for me. So thank you. Awesome. And if I hadn't already suggested it, I would have been doing this movie with you guys. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. But I'm just going to watch it later tonight. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Savannah. It was a lot of fun. Um, this is Thank you for having definitely me. Definitely just a huge trip down memory lane because I I watched this movie so much in the 90s and then I just... Like, I didn't have it on DVD, so I, I just kind of stopped watching it eventually. But, yeah, yeah mm. it's just kind of well, a piece of my personality comes from this movie. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. No, 
I love no, it. Thank you. This was wonderful. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. So well, we'll, catch you we'll be back next time to talk about the craft. Have a good one. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye.